Welcome, welcome, nerds, to another episode of All Things Nerd. Uh, this would be episode two, and we are excited to bring to you a couple of things to talk about today. We've got what we've been watching. Uh, we've also got some new releases for you coming to you in way of movie and video games. And we're also going to give you our take and uh, our review of the DC Entertainment Universe or DCEU. Uh, whatever you decide to call it. I hate that name anyway, which you'll hear several times. Um, so, again, thank you for joining us for episode two. And if you want to catch anything else, nerd, be sure to check us out on All Things Nerd Media on Facebook and Instagram and All Things Nerd 2 on Twitter. Thank you. What up, nerds? This is Topher and Marcus. And welcome to... The second episode of All Things Nerd. That is right. So we are back again this week. And hope you guys have kept it nerdy in the past week or so. All right. And so we just kind of want to get started out. Uh, just kind of talking about some of the stuff we've been into the past couple weeks. Uh, for me, uh, if you saw my, my little video up on YouTube and Facebook, uh, we just watched Bumblebee, uh, which you haven't seen it, right? No, not yet. And okay. Getting around to it. All right. Are you a Transformers fan? Oh, absolutely. That's a stupid question. Yeah. Uh, well. Uh, well. Let's 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 re- let's rephrase that. Okay. Am I a friend uh, a fan of the '80s Transformers and some of the the stuff in the, the '90s, 2000s? Yes. Right. Uh, if we're talking about those last travesties from uh, Michael Bay, then no. Okay. But yeah. Did you enjoy any of those five movies? Oh, of course. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Of course. So if if you enjoyed those movies at all. Even just little bits of it. Uh, Bumblebee was awesome. Uh, we watched it. Uh, had a ton of fun. And I'll tell you right now. The opening scene. The whole opening scene takes place on Cybertron. And it was absolutely everything you would have wanted as a kid in the 80s and 90s. Watching the Transformers cartoon. Well, it looks like. Did they did they go in and completely kind of reset the, the storyline? Essentially, and make it kind of the eighties. They did. So it, yeah, so it, grew is, up with. it is set in the eighties. Uh, as far as the the main plot on Earth is set in the eighties. Uh, Bumblebee is a Volkswagen Beetle again, <laughs> which he wasn't allowed to be in the Michael Bay. The it's called the Michael Bay original Transformers movie. Uh, yeah, because he is still on as a producer on these. Um, but it, they did go back with some of the Gen One models. For the characters, which was pretty cool to see. Um, like I said, it was everything. Like as a kid watching those, especially when they would do the flashbacks of Cybertron. Yeah. Um, it was it was everything you'd want to see in a modern a modern take. Um, the thing that they really did a lot better though than even going back to the first Transformers movie is when you go back and watch them. The the humans kind of get some character development. Yeah. But. Outside of Optimus Prime, I mean, the characters are all just kind of interchangeable. Like, all the Transformers are just... You can place one with the other. Yeah, they're all just... They're hulking masses. There's no real character to them. Uh, with Bumblebee, uh, it was... It was, honestly it was like almost totally different. Were there any racists? <laughs> or... <laughs> no. uh, okay, cool. All right. So, no. so all right. So, that gets another notch on my definitely watch belt. No. No, no. gold teeth. Transformers. No gold teeth. All uh, right. Nobody talked about what they can and cannot read. 
No, no uh, jive talking. No uh, jive Transformers. Talking. Okay, no, cool. Then it's, no it's got to vote for me then. Uh, uh, <laughs> so, so the things they did that was actually really, really cool. Uh, first off, this will be a surprise to a lot of people. It was, a, it was a surprise to me when I when I watched it. Um, Bumblebee actually gets to talk in the in the first few minutes of the movie. He's actually okay. voiced uh, by Dylan O'Brien, who uh, was I think was a great choice uh, to play the, play that character. Um, but what was cool about it was when you first get in the movie, the Autobots are completely on their heels. Um, they are trying to actually, they're, they're evacuating. They're not taking the Ark, uh, but they are evacuating kind of as individuals scattering out, trying to find a new place to find a base. Um, so they kind of regroup and try to retake Cybertron from the Decepticons. And Bumblebee ends up on Earth. He actually crash lands into a training exercise with John Cena's military unit, his character. Can they see him? <laughs> uh, it, it was it was <laughs> tough. It was tough at first. I like, had to, but like, there's, there's a voice. Uh, <laughs> no, my wife didn't get that joke either. Uh, but they, they got into it, and, you know, of course, they think they're being attacked by, like, the Russians because it's the 80s. And so there's this big chase scene. They're chasing him, trying to, trying to kill Bumblebee. Bumblebee finally gets them to, like, it's cool, like, hey, let's calm down, let's talk about this, I, I come in peace kind of thing. Uh, and then a Decepticon attacks them and blows up almost all the military guys. Him and Bumblebee have a huge fight, and he rips out Bumblebee's voice box. So we cool. don't, you know, of course, we get right back to the, the classic Bumblebee doesn't talk, uses the radio to communicate. What was cool, though, was they were they were able to put some character development into it. Um, he he plays very much almost like a puppy dog, um, but there's also some hints of, of some PTSD. You know, he's he's really just shell shocked. Yeah. By what happened, um, even the first time he meets Charlie in the garage, um, <coughs> you know he's he's scared. He's scared. The last time we saw humans, they were trying to kill him, um, and he knows that they probably blame him for a bunch of them getting killed. And he's all alone. He doesn't. He'd been kind of in shutdown mode for a while, so he doesn't know how long he's been out. And he's, he's freaked out, you know. And two, it's very much just Bumblebee on his own. It's him, a couple of human characters with him, and a couple of Decepticons show up on the planet trying to trying to get the location of Optimus Prime. All right, so so question for you then, and since I haven't seen it, okay, uh, does it kind of like get rid of the basically the timeline from that last Transformers movie that Bumblebee was around during World War Two? Pretty much. It, so th- that just didn't happen. Pretty much. Oh, uh, right. They're pretty much treating this as a reboot. Um, this Sweet. is a way to kind of to kind of start over. Um, Optimus is around for the very beginning of the movie, and he's in like the very last scene of the movie. That's pretty much it. Uh, for other Transformers that show up, my probably one of my favorite scenes was two Decepticons come to Earth hunting down Bumblebee. And they meet with the military, and they're trying to broker a. They're they're lying. I mean, they're they're saying that they're they're part of the like Decepticon peacekeepers and all this kind of stuff. You know, they're they're portraying themselves as like the good guys. And when the with military, a name like Decepticons, that's where I'm going. You're getting ahead of the, you're getting ahead of the joke. When they're all when the military's all together, like talking about like should we help them or not? It's actually John Cena's character who's like. We need to be careful with this. I mean, they're they're called Decepticons, <laughs> but that's not raising a red flag for anybody. Um, 
but overall, I mean, it was just, it was a fun, it was a fun movie. Uh, kind of takes you back to being a kid again. You know, I absolutely dug it. Well, I mean, uh, well, my, what I watched, uh, it's kind of flashback to being a kid again. It's not Transformers, not as cool or, or as violent as Bumblebee might have been, but uh, I recently watched uh, the Rocco movie that they put on Netflix. Okay. Uh, as a kid, I was a huge Rocco's Modern Life uh, fan. Uh, Rocco was not for children. No. There's a lot of adult jokes in there that I even knew then as a kid. So going back and, and of course, rewatching some old episodes, you see it and you're like, man, this, car- this cartoon's filthy. And it picks up right where it left off with the filth in the new one. Uh, so to kind of get you an idea, uh, the plot breakdown, uh, Rocco's been in space for 20 years. Um, heifer, something happens, they buy a rocket, rocket ends up take, shooting the whole house into space, so Rocco, Filbert, and Heifer have been in space for that long, uh, they head back down, um, and everything has changed, they're in modern times, they're not used to technology, all this new stuff, people being addicted to phones, and Rocco, the only thing he wants is he wants the, the fatheads to come back, he realizes <laughs> there's no fatheads cartoon, and he loses it. So, uh, basically, it's a quest to get the fatheads back on television. There's a lot of adult themes in there. Um, there's even some trans uh, transgender stuff in there, which they kind of poke fun at. Um, and, yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. I'm hoping that that means that they bring back uh, more episodes of the cartoon. Um, uh, the main theme in there was basically being um, okay with change and the fact that, you know, they even mentioned in the cartoon that a cartoon coming back from your childhood is not going to fix what's wrong with today. Yeah. But, I mean, it will distract you for a little bit. So, yeah. it, I enjoy it. It's only 45 minutes. Okay. So, if you got some time to check it out, it's, it's definitely worth a watch, especially if you enjoyed any of those classic filthy Nicktoon cartoons like uh, Rocco or Ren and Stimpy. So. Yeah, I mean, pretty much nothing on Nickelodeon was, was truly for kids. Oh, I God, mean. no. <laughs> It was it the song Happy Happy Joy Joy? And he's like, I'm gonna teach your grandmother to suck eggs. You're like, whoa! Yeah, yeah, they, yeah. <laughs> and of course, SpongeBob. Oh man, there's yeah. all kinds of stuff laced throughout SpongeBob. And don't um, even get me started on SpongeBob. <clears throat> but you know, Rockers, Rockers was good. Yeah. I mean, that's awesome to hear because uh, those were a ton of fun to watch as a kid. And sometimes it can be a little tricky going back, going back to that childhood. Well, yeah, when they're trying to do it genuine, when they're trying to really do it as a true almost homage or, or in the same style. Um, like, I just watched uh, Batman and Harley Quinn, which was done by Bruce Timm, who did the 90s Batman animated series. It was voiced with Kevin Conroy and uh, Lauren Lester as Batman and Nightwing, you know? Um, yeah, I'll go ahead. And it, was, <laughs> it was one of those things, like, watching it, if I was, if I was trying to watch it, to get the same kind of story as I was getting as a kid. Oh, it's definitely not. It was completely not that. Um, it was completely not that. The Just the scene alone with uh, Dick Grayson and, and Harley, um, that, I, I was taken aback by that. I was like, oh, oh okay, that's different. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's, again, they're sneaking in more adult elements into... This is happening. Yeah, I was like, oh, okay, cool. This is, this is happening. It's in my brain now. <laughs> I can't unsee it. You can't unsee it. No, it's, it's done. No. Uh, but I mean, it was, it was one of those things, like I said, if I had gone to watch it, like I said, wanting to kind of recapture my youth, uh, I definitely would not have been happy. If I was just kind of watching it for what it was, 
It was alright. It wasn't. You know, it wasn't bad. I mean, but, I look at all those DC animated uh, movies as kind of one-offs. You know, it, it, oh, yeah. it's a different tell. Uh, you know, a different telling on. Uh, you know, some classic favorites. So, right. Uh, with the exception of you know their main stuff, so like Justice League, uh, was it War and yes. things like that. All of those are kind of tied together. Right. Uh, but for King the most of Atlantis part, and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Flashpoint yep. um, was. Which, it, Flashpoint yeah. was. To me, that was one of my favorites. Oh yeah, that was one of my favorites. And then the reveal of Martha of Thomas Wayne being Batman, and Martha Wayne was the Joker, because Bruce Wayne had been killed as a, as a yeah. kid in that alley. I mean, just yeah, I couldn't. You couldn't have asked for something just a better, a better little twist and nod. They they did a great job with that, especially you know right. adapting that from the comics because they even uh, Flashpoint was probably one of my favorite uh, Flash series or even uh, series in, in DC over the recent years and you know just the scene alone when um, Thomas Wayne starts breaking uh, Barry's fingers and, and basically like look you're gonna tell me what I want for everyone everything that you don't tell me I'm gonna break another finger right and and just just something like that I, and seeing Thomas Wayne do that and it, I, I love that that it was it was great great retelling uh, for the flash uh, even though I'm not happy with everybody becoming Batman-esque where everybody has a, a tragic story with right. why they became a superhero. It doesn't have to be which, like that. Which can, we just, can I just say, as a dad, it's my least favorite part of comic books is origin stories because if you're a dad of someone who's going to be a superhero, like you're just your toast. You're a dad or an uncle. You're dead. You're dead. I mean, you are, just... you, <laughs> don't be a positive influence nope. on a kid. That's what comics are trying to tell you. Yep. Like, <laughs> Yep. Or I'm, you're going to die. I've learned some great things from 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 all of my fandom. You know, uh, if we're talking about comic books, uh, don't get too attached to anybody. Uh, don't be a positive influence on a kid because that if they're going to be a superhero, that means you have to die. Uh, and if we look at video games, uh, especially like Skyrim and things like that, uh, I've always I've learned that in every situation, you always loot the corpse. <laughs> always loot the corpse. There's always stuff there that can be helpful. Are you saying that uh, Peter journeys? Parker should have robbed Uncle Ben after <laughs> Uncle Ben? <laughs> what I'm saying is, in the Spider-Man video game, if that was a level, like you're going to be heartbroken, but but you're check also... his pockets. <laughs> I'm pretty easy. Uncle Ben had some good stuff in there. Did it check? You know, that, that, that could. You laugh, but that could be a whole quest line you miss out on later. Yeah, you know because I, you didn't capitalize on the moment. See, I'm gonna try to do that when I go home and play games now. <laughs> Rob Uncle Ben. That's right. He has delicious rice. <laughs> <laughs> you anyway, can say that. yeah. <laughs> uh, so other than that, uh, so those are the kind of things that we watched separate of one another. Uh, a couple of things that we watched that we both actually really enjoyed. Uh, the one that kind of kind of surprised me, kind of didn't, was Detective Pikachu. Oh, oh, man. Detective Pikachu. I'm always um, worried when I hear video game adaptation. I hear that and I automatically go, oh, this is a turd. Um, and I, I should have known better because it's, it's Ryan Reynolds. He, you know, he's not going to tie his name to garbage anymore. Right. He learned his lesson with Green Lantern. Yeah. Um, so I was like, I was a little skeptical, but watching it, you know, and just seeing live... Uh, Live action Pokemon, even though of course it's CGI, right? But just seeing what they would look like in the real world and interacting with people, it's something like as a kid you you couldn't even fathom. Like this is what went on in your imagination. Right. Now being able to see this on the big screen, 
Um, and act with a decent, oh, I'm sorry, decent plot, and it kind of tugged at my heartstrings a little bit. Yeah, it was, it was a good plot. I mean, it was, it was pretty decent. Again, you, you kind of had the whole dead dad thing going on for a good chunk of the movie. Yeah. Um, but you know, you had, you had a good plot. There were some tropes in there, but I mean, again, it's a, it's a video game movie. movie. It's a kid's movie. You know, there's a certain formula or predictability you expect to find. Um, the cast was actually was pretty top notch. Yeah, I, um, yeah. Justice Smith, who plays the lead, you know, he was a breakout in uh, Jurassic World, the, the most recent one. Yeah, um, he was a breakout in that, and of course, seeing him play a different, play a very different kind of character. I just I forgot that that was him. Yeah, that, that you know, that's how well he did in Detective Pikachu, and then two right. totally different characters. Right, and then of course, you know, having having a Pokemon that actually can talk. Yeah, I think that really helped the movie, kind of helped the narrative along. There's a plot point that uh, I, I don't want to bring up here. We'll, right. we, we can talk about that later. And I was like, Wait, I, how do you not? But but having having him actually be able to talk, <laughs> it, it, it would definitely help because if, if it had been 90 minutes of... Pika, Pika! Exactly. Like, I'd have hung myself. Yeah, like, yeah there's only no. so much of that we probably could have taken. Especially the bulk of the movie is just the two of them. You know, unlike yeah. watching the cartoons where you had Misty and Brock and Ash all interacting together. You know, you had the human characters, so you got the exposition, you got the dialogue. You know, this was very much just the two of them kind of solo on their little adventure, which was, was fun. And the whole thing was pretty well thought out. You know, you can definitely tell they they went at it with a full measure. And I think they did yeah. a great job. So. Uh, yeah, it, they definitely didn't half-ass that movie at all. Right. Uh, which, uh, again, it, it kind of, hopefully it sets the tone for decent video game movies. Uh, whereas, uh, I, I know we said we wouldn't talk about it, but I, no. I can't help it. I can't help it. Uh, we recently watched... I'm going to stop you right here. <laughs> for our listeners, I want you to know, this, all things nerd, this is not meant to be a bashing space. This is, this is about being positive and, and having a good time. However, it's not positive about this. This is a this is a PSA. This is a public <laughs> service announcement. Go ahead. Well, uh, there is a new Doom movie coming out, uh, which I I I figured it would be direct to DVD. And is and, it? and it is okay. Uh, what is it? Is it Doom Annihilation? Annihilation. Yep. Uh, so we watched the trailer for it, and it looks like uh, college students made this in their basement. Um, and in an old factory, uh, it is nobody you would recognize in the movie. It it just, it, it looks horrible and it it makes me angry because video games, they already have a, a a great plot. Uh, most video games anyway, they already got a great story and I don't know why you need to, to like go off the rails from the story that they already laid out for you. Yeah. I know you want to do something different, but if it ain't broke, don't fix it. You can tell right. the same story on film that you did on in in the game, with you know finding a few tweaks here and there. To to a degree, uh, you know one one of my favorite video games I've played in the past few years was uh, Tomb Raider, when they did the relaunch of Tomb Raider um, a few years ago. Absolutely loved the game. Yeah. It, it played great. Um, of course, it's a video game, um, and I can tell you. Some of the experience with such things, um, you cannot take an AK-47 and a roll of duct tape and turn it to an M4 with a grenade launcher. Oh, man, I'm going to try that tomorrow. That doesn't work in real life. Damn it, they lied to me again. But 
Uh, overall, I mean, it was it was a great game. It told a great story. The characters were fully fleshed out. Yeah. Laura Croft herself was a real person. She wasn't just some Boobies. super superhero sex symbol. Yeah. Uh, like she wasn't in some of the in the original games. And it was it was phenomenal. I absolutely yeah. loved it. Um, it, the in fact it, part of that part of the plot of that game is you play as Laura the Laura the first time she kills somebody and it's just she, yeah it's a fight for her life and it, it is gut wrenching it's emotional and then she gets over it and you slaughter like a thousand now, it, guys. everybody can die then you slaughter like a thousand <laughs> bad guys but it was it was some great storytelling and I knew when the movie was coming out oh god I knew like, there's no way they can do that movie justice in two hours. And to me, I really look at it that unless you are able to tell a standalone story like you did with, with like they did with Detective Pikachu, they just don't work. Then it, it's got to at least be a trilogy. Well, yeah, uh, they, we're talking they, we're talking about games that you play that have a built in twenty, sometimes forty hours of gameplay time to tell to tell the story. Yeah, you know, you you can't just tell that in ninety minutes to two hours. Well, they kind of tried. With, with, uh, it doesn't stand up well. But they tried uh, that first Mortal Kombat movie. That was a good movie. It, that was actually, I mean, that was a, a pretty, yeah, fairly decent movie. Of course, it doesn't hold to today's standards of, right. of, of movie making. But, it, I mean, they did a decent job taking something. And everybody knows that fighting games have the thinnest plot. There's hardly any. There's nothing there at all. And they were able to take that, that exact plot and, and turn that into a 90-minute film. Right. That was actually, at that time, it was great. It was. Um, it, it definitely wasn't like Street Fighter. Right. That, uh, we won't talk about that. Uh, that gives me nightmares now. All kinds of stuff um, going on with that movie. If you, uh, if you look at, if you're if you're a movie nerd, and you're into like really deep diving on, on movies, you have got to check out some of the background info on Street Fighter. Oh, I have. And, and just the, the stuff that was going on during the making of that movie yep. was insane. Yep, we'll just say um, a certain actor that played Guile was on a lot of drugs. He, uh, was, he was very much into his Colombian whites. <laughs> that is for sure. Uh, that is for sure. Uh, but, you know, video game movies, it's one of those things, they're, they're always going to keep trying them. I mean, there's nothing that's going to stop them trying them. I mean, at this point, uh, I know, like, uh, The Division and Splinter Cell have been in production for, in pre-production stage at some point for Splinter Cell since the first game came out. Metal Gear. Metal Gear, they've been talking about making a movie of forever. That's, and that, I don't, my brain would explode. It, that's the thing, though, is I really think, you know, video games, part of what makes video games, especially today, work is they are deep and they're rich. They really do build a world that, unlike a movie where you just get to, to look at it, with video games today, you, you live in the world. You know, whether it's Skyrim or, you know, playing a game like Ghost Recon, you know, it's it's a sandbox and you're completely immersed. Yeah. You know, like I said, I, I think trying to, do, trying to do a single standalone two-hour movie, it just, it's... You're hard pressed to make it work. I think you've got to approach it as we're going to tell the we're going to tell the one story over, you know, two two to four movies. Well, that's I don't. Doom was one of those I think could could work really well on the big screen. They tried it they before, could. it didn't. But I mean, how simple is it that you know, uh, you got a uh, group of scientists that are doing something on Mars, accidentally open up a portal to hell. The Marines get sent in to clean it up. Bam, you're done. Yeah. 
Which was basically the plot of the one that came out with Carl Urban yeah. and The Rock a few years ago. And Survival horror. That's again, all you need to do. It doesn't need to be, yeah. you know, uh, something where, you know, he fights a big boss at the end where The Rock turns, him himself, turns himself yeah. into a, a hell monster or whatever. Whatever he was supposed to be. It was trash. Was it, is it the Scorpion King? Is that what he turned into at the end there? Man, he turned into... Uh, <laughs> I don't know if I went to watch any of his movies for a while after that. Uh, yeah, it... it you could tell a good story. It, it it doesn't take much to think right. outside of the box, and and but I'm saying that as somebody who hasn't done a film yet. But yeah, I, yeah I, I've never made a movie, so it's easy to talk, talk like it's this. It's easy to easy to say, but I mean, come on, guys, you you could give us something better than that, and or or Resident Evil, uh, where they put uh, bacon on dogs, looks like and call them a zombie dog. And generally, for the most part, the <laughs> first one, the first Resident Evil movie. Was not a bad movie. Yeah, it wasn't a bad movie. It yeah. it, it definitely did not go uphill. Uh, but come on, the laser grid. That, that when the guy gets when the guy gets cut up and, and killed by the laser. Maybe grid, if they would have called that something other than Resident know. Evil, then then I'd have been okay with. You it. know, and that's that's another thing is there's always that fine line when you're making a movie that's an adaptation of, you know, do you just go whole hog and you you call it. The thing that looks the most like, or do you try to make something different? Run the risk of people like, oh, they just they just did Resident Evil as a movie, but they just didn't call it Resident Evil. Just call it Zombie House. I I probably enjoyed it more yeah. if you have called it Zombie House. And then that's totally fair. And again, Zombie. you know, we're, we're not here to we're not here to bash anybody. You know, if if the Super Mario Brothers movie is your favorite piece of cinema ever, I'm sorry. That's okay. <laughs> we love you that's, anyway. That's okay. You get you get if you genuinely love that movie, then not ironically. Okay, like you you get to do that, and, and I hope you I hope you watch it, and you enjoy it. This is a safe space. Well, now while I do poke fun, um, yeah. again, it's different strokes for different folks. Absolutely, Some, you're not gonna like everything I like, and I'm not gonna like everything you do. Right. Uh, but this should be a place where we can get together and we can talk about it. Right. And where we can talk about how bad it is. Yeah. So. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> we're. We're not. We're not going to ignore things that I, I will. I will politely say miss the mark. Uh, <coughs> Street Fighter. Street Fighter. <laughs> Which I watched a ton as a kid, but I, I don't think I can make it through it again today. No, I didn't even like it as a kid. <laughs> and so now here's one that you and I we both watched. We didn't watch it together, but we both watched it. Um, Shazam. Oh. With Zachary Levi. What do you think, man? I. We'll talk more about this in the in the second segment when we talk more about the DCU. I loved it. Let's kind of talk. Yeah, let's talk it, about it. For a it was as a kid, Big was one of my favorite movies. Okay, this was Big with superheroes. Pretty much. That's ex- there's no other way to explain this movie. It was Big with superheroes. Guy, uh, well, kid gets gets powers. And what would you do as a a a teenager with superpowers? You're gonna be a turd. Uh, you you're gonna be an awful human being, and you know it kind of starts off that way. But it's it's cute, it's family friendly, it's funny. There's a lot yes. of adult jokes in there. One thing that I will say: if you've got smaller children, don't watch this movie with them. It's what was it? Is it rated PG thirteen? This rated PG thirteen, and uh, the opening sequence is really is a little scary. It's dark. It, it it when it when it first opened, I had to make sure I was like, is this the right movie? Yeah. Uh. And then as the movie progresses, like there there are there's some things that gets really dark, and some of the monsters in there I could see scaring small children. There was even like some stuff, and I was like, "Whoa, all right, I didn't think they were yeah. going to do that." But 
I, I really enjoyed it. Um, it, it. I think it's something for everyone, and it kind of leads me to my point that it, DC, you don't. It doesn't have to be dark. It doesn't right. have to be Avengers. Ha ha. You know, bust a gut. Right. But it doesn't have to be. Oh man, I want to slip my wrist after this movie. Either. Right. Um, you know, it it kind of it kind of went a little bit deeper on on that line that like Avengers Age of Ultron tried to walk, where there were definitely some some darker kind of spookier elements compared to the first one. Yeah. But they also kept it kept it light and kept it it was fun family. It's a family movie. That's what these movies in a lot of ways to to an extent, a lot of these movies should be family movies to a certain point. Um, there's some exceptions to that. Certain properties of course are not gonna be family friendly. They they were never meant to be family friendly. No. But Shazam I'll tell you what one of my favorite things was that really hooked me in right away. And it's something that with a superhero movie is hard to do. And I think they nailed it pretty much as, as perfectly as you could. Um, there was a superhero movie that is infamous for the main character's costume being CGI. You know what I'm talking about. <sighs> and they relied heavily on CGI. Now, here's the thing. if you If you go back, if you go back to... Uh, I want to say like you know 2000 2001 around the time Attack of the Clones came out CG was blowing up it was a new it was actually a pretty new technology and what you can do with it and everybody was just going going hog wild with CGI to where you would have maybe an actor maybe in a costume <laughs> on a set that's just all green and they would just go paint it later and there's a certain disconnect. And what every it, what happened is is everybody during that time they turned into like the Tyrone Biggums of CGI. They're like, Y'all gotta more that CGI, baby. <laughs> like everything yeah. had everything had CGI and it didn't have to be that way. And yeah. if, if if you guys want I'm I'm pretty sure they can kind of pick up what you're hinting at. It's cause it's yeah. it's in the same universe. But I'm just gonna go out there and say it in, in, in Green Lantern, um uh, you hurt me and yeah. you <laughs> you owe me an apology and a and a letter. Uh, I, it's probably one of the only one of the only modern comic movies I've maybe only seen twice. Um, Hector Hammond with his it, it, all he did was scream throughout the entire movie. Yeah. <laughs> like it, yeah. I just it was. Um, Sin, uh, Sinestro was the one good part about that. I'm mad that we only got with like, ten minutes on Oa, so yeah. we got to see Kilowog and and some of the other Green Lanterns. Right. Uh, but like. You got Sinestro in a movie. You don't utilize him. Then you've got uh, you you bring in Parallax already, yep. and then you turn him into a big poop cloud. What is with movies during that time having a big a big cloud of, of feces I don't, floating I don't in the air? You, you, they did it with Galactus. They right. did it with uh, Parallax. It, he was a big poop monster, and yeah. and, and it, had, it had none of the none of the weight of the history from the comics with Parallax and Hal Jordan, and, and all the things that they had gone through. Uh, you talk about Sinestro. Uh, Sinestro is played with Mark Strong, who plays our villain in Shazam. With, you know, fantastic. And he was one of the he was one of the best parts. Him and Ryan Reynolds truly were the best parts of that movie. And Ryan Reynolds has gone on to show us over and over again. He can kill it. As a comic book character. Yeah. You know, and even he even pokes fun at Green Lantern when in Deadpool when he says, Whatever you do, don't make my suit green. Or animated. <laughs> you know, even he pokes fun at it. 
but that's the thing is is CGI just gets used so much, and it's really refreshing. Of course, you know with Iron Man, you know Stan Winston came in and did the effects, and he'd done Terminator and Jurassic Park and all these other great, great creature effects and mechanical effects. Uh, and the the part that really hooked me on Shazam was when he got to when he got to the Rock of Eternity in the in the opening sequence when they bring the villain in and he had the wizard and they're on the Rock of Eternity that's a real set like that was a yeah. real place that those people were in and while we had all of this crazy CG stuff going on one of the movies out there one of the franchises out there was Lord of the Rings where they were actually out they were building villages and towns well, and they, they had these massive vistas that when you see, when a character goes out and can actually look at and touch and feel the world around them that comes through on the performance so so amazing it's something to be said for practical effects 100% um, you know and again you're not going to be able to do everything um, with practical effects again it's certain, certain stuff in, in Shazam you, you're not going to be able to do without CGI um, but I really it what makes a, a good movie especially a good superhero movie is, is kind of having a good blend of everything. You've got your right. practical effects, you've got your CGI, your great storytelling, and it's got to gotta be something relatable. It absolutely you know, um, And I, th- I think that's why um, some of the other DC movies that we'll talk about here in a bit, that it makes those movies uh, so much better because each hero in that is relatable. It's something where you can yeah. relate to um, Superman and Man of Steel, where they humanize them. Right. Um, and kind of throw him in a position where to we don't he doesn't know who he is. Right. He's torn between two places. And and how many times can you say that as an adult where you know you're kind of torn between two different things. You love both things, but you just don't know how to go. Right. Um. And, you know. And, and and that's those are the movies that that are great though when they when it's not just like you know just over the top action and and no real. No real plot. It's something like right. good movies, especially superhero movies, should tug at you personally. Something on absolutely that pulling heartstrings a little bit. Yeah, it's that's the thing is, and that's where that's where we've got the superhero renaissance that we're in now. Is they finally understand that these movies have got to be more than just punching guy with explosions. I mean, yeah. that's that, that's really what it has to be. Um, there's got to be that heart there. You know, you talk about things being relatable in Shazam. Uh, for me, one of the things that was relatable was uh, the foster family, um, and I, I am not a foster I'm not a, a foster child myself, but I grew up in a foster family. We my family we fostered um, babies. We did zero to three years old, and uh, you know seeing foster kids being represented. You know, and it's, yeah. that's a world that I've I've been very close to, and I, I've seen a lot of it more so than a lot of other people have. Um, you know, in and that's one of the things too is is how it's it's one of the things about the Billy Batson character, is he's already been through a lot, you know, for being thirteen, fourteen years old, he's already been through a whole lot. Yeah, um, and, and that was one of the other things too. That, and there are going to be some spoilers here as we talk about it. Um, that you find out, you know, the way he remembers certain things wasn't necessarily the way that they really yeah. were. And that's, oh man, that. That scene alone, that was like rough. I had, a, I had a lump in my throat. Yeah, I was like, I'm not gonna cry. Like that was, that was horrible. And and it was. Billy Batson's mother, you you suck. 
Yeah. You, you, you're a horrible lady. <laughs> and, and that's the thing is how how many things do we look back at in our own lives, not, not just as kids, but even as adults, that we kind of put those rose-colored glasses on, we remember things in, yeah. in a more positive light than maybe they actually were. Uh, you know, there have definitely been some some things that maybe were a bit more toxic in your life that you look back on and you kind of rem- you look at the fond stuff, you look at the, the stuff yeah. that, that, that oh, made my, it feel good. Almost definitely. Almost too Absolutely. much. Uh, but then, you know, the the center of the movie, and that's, I think, one of the great things about most superhero movies, especially superhero team-up movies, is they're about family. At the end of the day, it comes down to being about family, and in, in a lot of ways, the family that you choose, the family that you go through real hardship with, not necessarily the family you're born with. Yep. Uh, and that was probably one of my favorite moments in the whole movie, was when we get to the end... You want to see you want to do it? <laughs> uh, I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't know. Should we? Should, I don't want to. I don't want to spoil it for uh, for people who haven't seen I it yet. I think it's been out. I think it's been out long enough. All right. So in, in the the mer- there's a, plenty of merchandise. Okay. Um, that kind of gave, gave this away. So if you haven't seen the movie, if you don't want to hear the ending, any spoilers, then stop listening now. Yep. Just skip ahead just, a little bit. Just skip and... ahead. Uh, but. If you're still with us, then yeah. that means uh, you want to listen. So, I'll give you a second. If you want to listen, keep going. All right. So, uh, he ends up sharing his power right. and the the other six seats with uh, the other foster kids. And uh, I thought that that was, was something that was amazing. It, it, it really I, I kind of overlooked it. Um I kind of thought that that something like that might happen again, especially right. seeing as you know I worked at a a, a a we'll call it a gaming store, and uh, we call it game shop. Game shop. <laughs> uh huh. And crimes um, of game shop. Yeah. <laughs> and um, we got the pops in, and I was like, wait. Yeah. What? Oh, come on. So I kind of already knew, but then it yeah. it, it got pushed in the me. back of my head. Yeah. Um, watching the movie, you get so wrapped up in the movie, you kind of forget about it. Right. So when it um. When it gets to that point and he shares that the powers with with all the other kids, man, I thought that that was something so cool, and I thought it was so adorable. It the the uh, the little girl. Oh my gosh! And she basically she turns into Megan Good, and she's super fast. And she's zipping all over the place, and she's just completely. I I, I thought that was cute. It, it was. It and, was, and it was it, it had a good setup to it. You know, earlier in the movie. Um, Billy and, and Freddie, who's the other foster kid he's become the most attached to, um, and is, is kind of helping him, guide him on how to be a superhero. The way that two teenage boys would go about being a superhero um, and basically running a con, yeah. <laughs> running a con job on as many people as possible. Uh, they have a falling out. <laughs> lightning, lightning from my hands. Lightning, <laughs> lightning from, from my hands. My hands. <laughs> yeah. You know, which... If you like Rocky and, and Philly, it, it does. I think it does a great service to the hey, city. Hey, let's not forget too, man. That they, they're in a real city. They're not they in are. a made up place. Yes, they are. They're not in Metropolis, which one movie later, Gotham City is across the bay. Uh, <laughs> it didn't happen that way. They were in a real city. They were in Philly, um, but they have a falling out at a certain point where, uh, you know, Billy as Shazam as Zachary Levi. Um, calls Freddy out because uh, Freddy's, um, you know, he's handicapped and he says, hey, you're just jealous that this isn't you. And Freddy 
which kind of goes against against the type that we always see, which is, you know, the sidekick is always the humble one and all that stuff. He no no yeah. shit. Of course I wish this was me. Yeah. Like, like are you kidding? Of course I wish. Uh, and so getting to getting to share that power, um, and and the people they cast to play the the super versions of them, I think was spot on. Yeah, spot on. Absolutely spot on. Um, and it was it was just great how they tackled it, how they went about it. And this is something you and I talked about afterwards. I almost think the, that this should have been, if not the first DC movie, at least the second after Wonder Woman. Um, I would I, put I, those I, two yeah. on a pretty even deal. I, I like, that's where they should have started. Man now. of Steel, you you set up the you set the table right. with Meta's basically being a thing. Right. Um, you, it. I really think that to kind of. Especially after Batman versus Superman, I think that maybe Shazam would have been a better entry point sure. uh, to kind of brighten stuff up. Because Batman versus Superman was was um, super depressing. Yeah. Um, it's, and a lot of people don't like that movie. I'm one of the few who I enjoy. We love it. You and I both um, love that if movie. You, uh, if, if any of the fans out there haven't seen, uh, I do recommend picking up the... Um, the rated R or unrated, whichever they decide to call it that day. Um, but if you decide to pick that up, um, there's uh, it's basically Zack Snyder's director's cut, and you get to see what he wanted that movie to be. There's a lot of things that he explains during that movie why Lex Luthor is the way that he is, and why he's making these decisions to kind of go after uh, supers or metahumans, and. And it makes it, 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 it kind of, it, you understand Batman's train of thought. You understand everybody's thinking. And it basically ties in perfectly into Justice League. But you ruined it because you you didn't give a lot of fans that version of the movie in the theater. Because you felt that it was too long, it was too right. racy, too depressing. And next thing you know, we get Justice League with Joss Whedon. That's basically great value Avengers. Right. Um, again, it... it if you would have kept it dark like that and then maybe do um, Shazam in between that and right. Wonder Woman and then kind of do Justice League, that way you can incorporate um, Shazam into Justice League. It's, they, they missed a, a golden opportunity. They really did. Uh, but really I did. am glad one thing that they're starting to see is that, again, not all, excuse me, not all their movies have to be dark and gritty. Right. And they are bringing the fun back, which we'll talk about more in a little bit. Uh, but overall, if if you're if you're a superhero fan, um, especially Shazam is a character, um, which by the way that's another thing is sometimes he's called Shazam, sometimes they just call him Billy, sometimes they don't even refer to him by name because there's all kinds of legal stuff that's gone on with that character. In yeah, his name. call him uh, Captain so he's Marvel. Originally Captain Marvel, um, and that's just confusing. It, it it's so confusing that when Brie Larson got cast as Captain Marvel in the MCU. Uh, the headline that I think it was CNN pushed was Shazam! Brie Larson is Captain Marvel. <laughs> Which is kind of funny for those of us that are in the know, but... Cue uh, the Price is Right fail music. Yes. <laughs> but that's, he's a character that has been brought to the forefront um, a lot with the DC animated movies. Uh, the, when they did the Injustice. reboot of Justice League, in, he's big in Injustice, but when they did New 52... Yeah. Um, and brought back, he was he became a founding member of the Justice League with a Super Seven, and he's played primarily by Sean Astin. Anytime you see him in animation, he's usually Sean Astin uh, with the Justice League. I think it's the Justice League Adventure, 
um, cartoon series, which was a ton of fun. Um, you know, he was in Young Justice as a as a main main plot character. So they've done a lot with that character in the, in the past few years. Yeah. And if if you're into superheroes at all, Shazam is a fun movie to watch. It really is. Yeah. It, again, like I said, make sure your kids are a little bit older, right. um, so they don't get you know freaked out. But again, or cover their eyes. Yeah. Just, but, just for a minute. Yeah. Just but just for it, a minute. It, it's it's super fun. Therapy's um, not that expensive. No, it's not. <laughs> No, I was traumatized. I'm all right. Yeah. So. So definitely some good. It's a, it's a great movie. We definitely recommend it to you. Um, going into that, um, we got some movies coming out, and just real quick, let's kind of hit on this. Uh, we got it chapter two coming out on September sixth. Excited about that? Eh, you know, I I can't be uh, too excited for it because I still haven't brought myself around to watch the. The first one. I don't know why. It's one of those okay. things that, you know, I just haven't got around to. I get that. Uh, I watched first one. I loved it. Dug the story. Um, it definitely could have ended right then and there, but, uh, of course, the way the book is set up, uh, yeah. it definitely plays into to them as adults, and the casting is, is pretty phenomenal. Uh, so that's definitely one. I'll, I'll be excited to see it. I don't know if I'll see it right away in theaters, but uh, it is definitely something I will be seeing. Um, other than that, on the kind of the sci-fi front, we've got Ad Astro with... Uh, Tommy Lee Jones and Brad Pitt. Yeah, I, I'm kind of on the fence on that one. I'm, I'm not. Uh, I wait for Blu-ray or wait for it yeah. to just pop up on HBO or something like that. That looks like something that'll come on HBO. Yeah, uh, on a Saturday night. So. Exactly. I mean, the you know disasters in space. It's ever since The Martian. I mean, that, that The Martian set such a high bar for that kind of movie that you you really got to push it. Yeah, I um, mean, it's not Interstellar, so. And then, yeah, that's the other thing. is Interstellar for, for the more kind of hard sci-fi aspect. Yeah, I love that movie. It's an awesome movie. Uh, it's an awesome movie. Yeah. You know it's a great movie when you, you're into sci-fi and your wife's not, and she goes to bed, like, after 45 minutes. <laughs> uh, and you're just wrapped up into it for the next four it's hours. It's completely interesting. That movie's, like, 18 hours long. It's almost like getting sucked in the black hole, but it's good the whole time. <laughs> a good black hole. Uh, but now, no, kind of going the... black hole, something. Going the opposite direction. Um... <laughs> a character probably I think we thought we were done with oh god no never stop making these movies if, if Sly Stallone dies prop him up with sticks and make more Rambos hey they can do great things with CGI yeah, we talked I, about that so uh, I, you're not I don't you're not as excited as I am I am actually oh okay alright well I'll take that back my apologies sir I am I um, have I have the the four movie plus bonus features collector's <laughs> 10 edition of Rambo uh, that has the first four movies. Um, I bought that back when we used to work together. I've had that for a very long time. Rambo Last Blood. Like, yeah. man, that's going to be my birthday present to myself. Uh, that movie comes out on the 26th. Um, my birthday is uh, four days later. I will be seeing that on... I'm, I'm, I think I'm going to treat myself and go that Thursday night. I have to see that movie. I, I, I have to. Uh, I was... In love with uh, the uh, the previous movie, yeah. I watched that way too many times. Oh, one man. person should have. Uh, it just kind of it takes me back to when I was a kid and during the summer with my brother in law, we would all we would go we would rent movies from Schnucks or Blockbuster, and you know when they when they weren't forcing me to go outside when it was too hot or we just needed a break or it was lunchtime, we'd come in and I'd watch like old eighties action movies with yeah. them. So, um, Rambo was one of those ones of. of the first time I saw uh, First Blood, I was hooked. 
Yeah. And, and which First Blood is a very different, very movie different movie from yeah. everything that, that's come out since. Well, yeah, phenomenal it, movie. Yeah, the the that one you know is basically about you know dealing with PTSD and how America treated war veterans at that time yes. from from Vietnam, from Vietnam and yeah. then. They it became super popular, and then it turned into like over the top eighties action movie with Rambo yep. two and and three. So oh, Rambo three, Rambo three has the best, one of my favorite lines of all time, which is when Colonel Troutman is captured by the Russians, and this is a spoiler because I apparently got to say spoilers anytime I talk no, about this is, a movie. This is from if you haven't seen this now, and this came out in. Like late eighties, early nineties, then this is your whole fault. You had the chance, but when Colonel Troutman is getting, he's getting tortured by the Russians, and the Russian torturers said something along the lines of how he's going to send Troutman through hell, and Troutman is hot, strung up, bleeding, bloody, and he looks him dead in the eye and he goes, he goes, son, I trained hell, and hell's coming. Ah. If your hair doesn't stand up a little bit when you when you hear that, then I, I don't. You're living, you're living life wrong. Yeah, I and mean these these are just great movies this, man, across the board. It, they're, the they're last fun. Rambo I mean, movie, he yeah. rips a guy's throat out with his bare hands. How do you not want to see that? Well, then he, he tops that by liquefying a guy with a fifty caliber machine gun. Oh my goodness, man! Mowing people in half with a fifty cal. Yeah, like that was. I remember going to the theaters and I was skeptical about the movie. I was like, man, Sylvester Stallone is so old. I don't know if I want to see this. Uh, but I, Rocky Balboa was so good that oh, yeah. I was like, all right, I'm going to give it a chance. And damn it, I'll see anything Sly puts out now. Yeah. Like, if if he wants to go back and do Tango and Cash 2, like, I'll watch it. And, and <laughs> if, another thing, too, that people got to remember is Stallone... Sloan is a much smarter guy than he gets credit for being. Yeah, he's just um, got... he wrote Rocky. Yeah. Um in in the Rocky Rocky Balboa and the John Rambo characters both, he has taken massive ownership of those franchises. Um he is very much involved in, in the writing and the production, all that. He's not just he is not the with these movies in particular, he is not an actor that is showing up fifteen minutes after call time with a Starbucks cup in hand no. reading his sides. I he's mean, hands he's, on. he is extremely hands on and again He's way smarter than people give him credit for. He really is. Yeah, you he's, know. Yeah. So when it comes to these movies, I mean, into you take them for what they are, which I even sometimes even I'll I'll pitch a movie to my wife when I bring someone home of like, oh, what is it? Um, like I've got uh, like when I brought home Olympus Has Fallen with Gerard Butler, I said it's Gerard Butler killing a lot of people. Yeah, not everything has to be Oscar contenders. <laughs> I think it's, it's that, yeah, like that's, it's sometimes okay. that's as deep as you want to go. Um, and, and these movies deliver on that. And, and Last Blood definitely looks to do this, to do the same thing. It better not be Last Blood. It'd be, be like second to Last Blood or I still got a, Rambo, I still got a little we'll bit have, left. We'll have Rambo Last Blood Part 2. <laughs> it's like we have Rambo First Blood Part 2. Rambo, Blood Infusion. Rambo, Blood Infusion. Yeah. Give me that. I'll take it. So I, I'm excited to see that. Um, definitely excited to see that. And the last one um, that we've got on the list here is Joker. So we were excited and talking about uh, Joker. Uh, yeah. Joker is the next uh, big one. It's not really September. Uh, it's October. Right. 
this is like October fourth or sixth. October fourth. Yeah. Um, excited. I don't know. I don't know if excited is the word I'm going to use myself. Well, for me. All right. So, I'll say I'm excited for the fact that I'm. I was on the fence, same way yeah. as you were. Uh, where I just I don't really know if I want to see a standalone Joker movie and tell see them tell an origin that we really haven't even gotten in the books yet. Right. Um, but gotten a few different origins in the books. Nothing is is cemented. Right. It's not like Wolverine origin right. where that was like they were like, look, this is it. This is this, how it this is how it happened. Yeah. Bam. Um, it's Joaquin Phoenix, which yeah. I enjoy. He's he's off. But I, I enjoy his right. movies. Her, um, uh, of course, he was. I thought he was great as Commodus and Gladiator. Oh, yeah. uh, I do like his movies. It's weird. Uh, if I recall correctly, I know this was supposed to be pr- produced by Scorsese. I believe with, so. With, yeah. So you know he's not gonna you know back something that's that's gonna be right. trash. Um, and De Niro's in it. Which... Yeah. So it it looks like it's gonna be Taxi Driver, but with the With Joker. the Joker, yeah. Um, I'm again. I'm excited just to see because it's getting so many great reviews that I kind of yes. have to be pumped for this. They're saying that this could be Oscar nominated, which is something that's insane. That is absolutely that's absolutely crazy. That especially if it's not being because that's the thing is comic movies have gotten Oscar nominations before, pretty much exclusively in the technical category. Yeah, this and they're talking about best picture. So yeah, for 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 them uh, to have best picture talk or any type of best actor, best director, like that's just that's completely unheard of, and it's it's kind of crazy that it's happening with a villain and not with one of our heroes. Yeah, uh, yeah. The trailers don't give me enough. That you see, and that's that's why I've got my reservations. Is the trailers have just. Like that, like even the first trailer that came out was was very much like, oh, uh, look, it's Joaquin Phoenix as as a clown, and it's just him being unsettling for for two minutes. And, yeah, the, and the, even the the most recent trailer, they kind of started to flesh some things out. Yeah, but they, like yeah, they still make me uncomfortable. You know, and, right. yeah, you know, and, and they kind of set up some things for the rivalry between him and and Pacino's or uh, De Niro's character of. You know, De Niro's a, like a late night talk show host, and he makes fun of him. Which, if you're familiar with the Joker and his psychosis at all, yeah, you know that is not a good thing. It's not a smart thing to do to make fun of him. No, um, but yeah, I just I'm, I'm still kind of on the fence about it. I'm still going to see it. Yeah, and I definitely don't want to see it. Yeah, I mean, I you know you as a film buff, you you can't go wrong with Scorsese. No, not at all. You know. I don't think there's a Scorsese movie that I don't like. No. No. And then I'm no. <laughs> no, wait, wait. Take that back. Gangs of New York. Yeah, but you know, he made up for that with Departed. Uh, yep. I, I can watch Departed every single year. I will agree. I can watch Departed every single year. Uh, so yeah, a Joker, like I said, it this you know, and it they, well, it, it makes me say that sometimes I don't think that DC knows what they're doing. Right. Which um, is what we're going to talk about here in a little bit. Um, so, Joker, you know, if you're excited about it, great. Um, I, I definitely hope it, I hope it's a great movie. Um, it is something I'm, I'm interested in, but I, I can't say... I still can't say that I'm super excited about it. Like, I, I would be something else. So... 
that's pretty much I think where we are with movies coming out. Uh, although uh, one last one last shot on movies here is uh, there is actually a documentary coming out about the making of Alien, uh, the original Alien with uh, with Ridley Scott, and uh, of course up on Amazon Prime right now is Empire of Dreams about the making of the original Star Wars trilogy. So if you're if you're a big movie nerd and you're into how movies are made, especially these iconic movies. Um, those are probably a couple of things you might want to check out. Well, I want to see that documentary uh, for Aliens so they can talk about, um, you know, the alien having jazz hands. And yeah. that, that, that scene when it first shows up, and it's like, eh, hello, my baby, hello, my hun. It's, yeah, it's, 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 it's supposed to be scary, but, and I remember being a, a kid and being, yeah. like, really terrified, but uh, I watching that on Blu-ray re, uh, recently, and, and every time that alien popped up and, and did that, I died laughing. Yeah. It's, it's hilarious. It's not supposed to be, but <laughs> Which it we'll, is. You know what? We'll definitely have to go back and do... We'll have to do an episode uh, at some point kind of talking about some of the foundational uh, sci-fi movies from the 70s and 80s. Alien, Aliens, Blade Runner, you know, Star Wars. Well, and, um, and kind of all those. Well, we, we talked about, you know, possibly... In, well, not possibly, but we talked about doing... Uh, sitting down and watching a movie together and just right. kind of in, in recording that. Absolutely. And, and um, I'd like to ask that if uh, the people out there listening, like, what what is the first movie that you probably like to see us see us do? Like, drop us a a, a comment and and, and let us know. And uh, uh, I think that we should let the fans choose whatever the uh, yeah uh, the biggest vote getter is. is Absolutely. I think what what we should watch. Absolutely, I know I've got a list. I know you've got a list. Oh yeah, uh, but yeah, I mean we want to. We want to do what you guys want to hear, um, and hopefully bring you something great. So, all Just, things nerd media on Instagram and Facebook, and all things nerd too on Twitter. Uh, don't ask me to watch Two Thousand One: A Space Odyssey though, because I, I will refuse. You know what? And that's that is another subject for us to go into <laughs> at some point. Is is classic classic sci fi stuff that you just you don't get it. it Stanley Kubrick movies I don't enjoy. Yeah. I'm sorry, I just don't. I, I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get some because you're gonna draw some hate for that, and I'm gonna draw a little hate too. Uh, Blade Runner. Blade Runner for me is a. It's a movie I just. I have watched them both. I have enjoyed watching them both. They did a phenomenal job in both of those movies of making a full fleshed world. We get the foundations of cyberpunk, but. It's just for me. It's it's a it's a movie I have a hard time getting into, and I feel like I I have to watch it and like it because I'm a nerd. <laughs> My mouth is open right now. I'm shocked, but again, like you say, I I don't like Stanley Kubrick movies. Right. Uh, so, in 2001: Space Odyssey, yeah. the probably the I think it was the first movie I saw on DVD. I'm sorry. Ever. I'm sorry. Ever. I remember watching that in class in high yeah. school and be like, this movie sucks. So then, I, as an adult, I worked in a video store for six years, and uh, one of my best friends, um, he also did not like that movie, but we said, hey, look, you know, we're older now, let's give right. it a chance, and let's watch it. And we did, and it was the same outcome, if not worse. Yeah. It, yeah, just, it's, it's a long movie of nonsense. Yeah. Which, um, I, I cannot say that about Blade Runner, it's just... Blade Runner just it doesn't it doesn't hit for me, and like I said, I feel like I I feel like it's something I'm supposed to like. 
Yeah. It, uh, as a nerd, it, it's it, you feel like it's you, it's ingrained in you. You're supposed to. You have to love that because right. it's part of nerd culture. Right. But um, I mean, there's tons of stuff out there that I'm just supposed to love according to you know nerddom, and I just I just right. don't. Yeah. Uh, and that's and that's okay. And and that could be that could be whatever your nerddom is. Uh, you know, whether you're into basketball and you're just supposed to worship a certain player. Yeah. Or, you know, it could be anything. You know, music. It, it, for for any music genre you're into, there's always, like, that one artist or that one album that is, like, put up on a pedestal. Yeah. That we all, I think, can sit back and be like, I just don't, I don't yeah. like it. Like, like Pink Floyd. Well, I, I, I'll take that back <laughs> because the older I get, the more I start to appreciate Pink Floyd. Absolutely. But, uh... Yeah, Absolutely. years ago, you know, oh, Dark Side of the Moon. And it was yeah. like, oh, it's okay. It's right. All right. But yeah, it's different now. I'm a little it is. Not. Now I get it. But, yeah. It is. But, I mean, there's, there's all kinds of things out there that, and, and for as much as we will always tell you, it is okay for you to like what, what it is you like. You also don't have to like everything. No. <laughs> you and that don't have to like everything. Be you. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it, that's the great thing about the, the time that we live in now. We can all be friends and fans right. together, but not have the same opinion. Absolutely, you know, and and it, it's great it, to to talk to somebody with a different opinion on that subject matter, so we can kind of compare and contrast. I mean, you're not going to change my mind. I'm not going to change yours, but at least we can discuss it like adults. So right. don't, yeah, uh, we don't have to tear each other apart. No. You know, just because of what you like that I don't, or or vice versa. You know, it's. You get to like what you like, and you don't have to like everything. You just don't have to tear other people apart for it. Exactly. All right. So. Well, now that we got that, uh, we got that out, out the way, the way um, let's talk about, about video games coming out. Um. Yeah. You know what? Let's let's go over those September. Yeah. Uh, well, those September games coming out here because uh, it is at that time of the year that I used to hate, but now I get to love it because. I am free. No more midnight releases or anything like that. Unless you want to. Exactly. Which I don't because I'm lazy. I don't blame you. I don't blame (laughs) you. So, uh, with that said, let's go over the September games coming up, shall we? Absolutely. Let's see here. Well, first out the gate, we've got, um, uh, sorry, NBA 2K, 2K20. Uh, two different versions that you can choose from. Still the same game. Of course, you're just going to get a different cover athlete, and you're going to get some sure. extra VC and things like that. Um, but the first out the gate, you've got that. Um, you can choose from either um, Anthony Davis on the cover, which is the regular version of the game, or you can get the uh, special edition of the game that has D-Wade on the cover, who just okay. retired. Yep. Um, and I'm still sad about that. But, uh, you know, you got to know when to call it quits. He's got a baby now. Yeah. Just had a baby. And he married to Gabrielle Union. He doesn't really need basketball anymore. No. He's got better games to play. No, he's got his um, own cheerleader at home. <laughs> yeah. um, but, oh, today, um, let me not forget, you got Catherine, full body, um, okay. which is basically a remastered version of Catherine, which was a crazy mind trip of a game if you yeah. ever got to play it. Wildly on, successful, on, too. Uh, yeah, on 360. Wildly and, successful in-game, gained quite the following to it. Uh, yeah, it's got like a, a weird cult following. It um, does. It does. In, in 2, it came out of the, the... Originally, when it came out, you know, it came out during the glut of first-person shooters that was the Halo series and Battlefield and Call of Duty and, and all of that. So it was kind of interesting to get 
kind of a game that, that messed with you a little psych- psychologically. Yeah. It was a platformer. And you, you it's about a womanizer. And, and it was a solid <laughs> platformer, too. Yeah. Um, you also got uh, Final Fantasy VIII Remastered. Eh. Which, I know, it, don't yell at me, fans. I know there are a lot of people who are, are big-time Final Fantasy VIII um, fans. It just, for me... Final Fantasy VII was so great that when eight came out and I, I didn't care about the romance right. that was involved, like it it was, I'm not, it wasn't a bad game, but it just it didn't hold my attention like seven did. To me, the thing that defines this console generation, Xbox One, uh, PlayStation Four, it has been the generation of remasters. Um, I don't know, I don't know what type of console I'm looking at next. From, from Xbox, from Microsoft, I'm a big Xbox But guy. they do have to cut down on But that. I'm really excited to play Skyrim on it. So. I don't need another, no, <laughs> no, no, bad I'm, video games. I'm kidding. Um, well, that's, that's kind of been the defining thing <laughs> of this past, of this generation. So, yeah, generation. I paid uh, $400 for a system that uh, I just get rehashes of games right. that I played on the previous system. Which, again, there's certain games that I, you know, you do want to see polished up. If yeah. you give me um, something like Final Fantasy VII Remake that's coming out in February. Um, or the Halo of the Master Chief Collection. Yeah, where you, get, you polish it up so You're well. able to bring the, the first two or three games up to the same level of four and five. Yeah, give me that. Just right. to, I don't need a, a, a repolished version of, even though God of War 3 looked really good and yeah. played a little bit better. Um, but not everything needs to be remastered. Like, right. I get it, it's popular. Just don't don't polish up a turd and tell me it's gold. I'll be more excited to play Elder Scrolls Six, yeah, than I would to just play Skyrim over again, uh, with a few new graphics. Well, uh, I'll tell you what game does look good. Um, it's not a remaster, uh, but this game comes out on September thirteenth. Um, you got Borderlands Three. Uh, Borderlands Three, uh, it looks fantastic. It's something. That it I love the fact that you know it's co op game. Yeah. Um, there's not enough of that going on right now, um, and I'm glad to see that games, games like that are trying to make a comeback, make a push. Right. Uh, the Borderlands again. I just got into that uh, playing with um, playing with Marcus. Yeah. Uh, which because I never really got into it, and he was like, "Oh, you got to try it," and, and he even yeah. got a copy of it for me, uh, so we could play together, and it is it's it's really fun. It's it's just, mind-numbing fun. And he kind of, the original Borderlands kind of restarted uh, the looter-shooter genre of games, which, I mean, I think it's pretty safe to say without uh, without Borderlands, we probably wouldn't have gotten Destiny, and we, we probably wouldn't have gotten The Division in the, in the formats that they're in. Yeah, um, if we didn't get Destiny, was that really a bad thing? It, I enjoyed I'm it. Alright, I take it back. I, I enjoyed it when it first dropped, and then it, it, although it was just uh, the same version of the beta that I played, it was. And, that's the yeah. thing, though, is when Destiny came out, it was Halo Light. Yeah, uh, it was Diet Halo, if you will. Great value, um, but Halo. but you know it, and again, it kind of kind of set something new, where they were able to go in, kind of retool some things on the fly, add to the game as they went on, and I, it's a it's a franchise, it's a world I thoroughly enjoy now, and it was one I got bored of very quickly at first. And, you know, a lot of people were saying, you know, after about a year and a half, a lot of people were saying, hey, give us a second shot, give us a second shot. And I did, and I was pretty well pleased with it. Eh, eh. So what else we got? Uh, so, all right, you got Grid. Uh, that's also September 13th. Okay. Uh, NHL 20, uh, same okay. date. Uh, Nino Cooney, Wrath of the White, White Witch Remastered. That's a mouthful. 
Um, so uh, that's one of those games too that a, a, a huge cult following. Yeah. Uh, great game. Um, so I've been told. Uh, and again, that that comes out September twentieth. You got uh, Contra Road Corps, uh, which I'm on the fence about that. Yeah. Um, I've seen the trailer for that. Uh, you can kind of keep that September twenty fourth. I don't want that. I that that's a day I won't be gaming. Um, the Surge two, uh, and then um, on the twenty seventh you've got Tropico six, FIFA twenty, and a game that I'm excited about, uh, Cold Vein, okay. um, where it's basically you play as vampires. So it's an action RPG. Um, been talking about this game for about two years now, um, and that that game is is probably gonna take a lot of my time. So uh, there are your September games uh, releasing. Uh, if you're into free stuff, like I know we both are, Absolutely. Uh, the free games for this month for PlayStation Plus, you've got um, Darksiders 3, and you've got Batman Arkham Knight, uh, and then for Xbox 360, you have, uh, what is the... Well, the Xbox 360 right that's up right now is the Earth Defense Force. Um, and then for Xbox One, you get Hitman Complete First Season. Yep, Complete First Season Hitman. Um, and then coming in the middle of the month, I'm getting them pulled up here, um, they're going to have, pull it up a little bit closer here, uh, we got We Were Here coming out on September 16th for Xbox One, and then on Xbox 360, uh, it looks like it is Tekken. So, which Tekken? I'm trying to look at is it, it? Please tell me it's uh, Tech and Tag. Um, well, while we're waiting on that, uh, I just I want to take a minute to talk about uh, Arkham Knight. Uh, if you haven't played that game, uh, you are doing yourself a great disservice. Uh, that trilogy is probably one of my favorite trilogies of video games. Um, now the ending was a little bit uh, convoluted, in my opinion, uh, but. Uh, that game is is awesome. Uh, huge open world. Like we wouldn't have uh, Spider Man on PS4 if it wasn't for Arkham Knight. I mean, yeah. a huge open city, um, being able to uh, travel around in or traverse any way you want. You got the the Batmobile. Uh, even though those missions with the Batmobile weren't as much fun. Uh, again, especially if you're talking comics and and comic book um, and superhero games. Uh, you can't go wrong with that game. Yeah. Um, again, you could probably, if you didn't have PlayStation Plus, you can go pick up a copy pre-owned for about 15 bucks or so. Yeah. But, again, still, I mean, if you're paying for PlayStation Plus anyway, why not download that? It's, that's yeah. a gimme. It's, it, those games are just, they're fantastic. They're great. I mean, they definitely play on that Legend of Zelda model of, of getting to kind of build on your character and unlock new things you gotta you gotta go back and revisit areas you've already been in to to finish out puzzles um tons of replay value in that game yeah. outside of the main story and yeah the the stuff with the batmobile it wasn't maybe everything we had hoped but it was still fun it was, it was still definitely a fun way to play the game but I'll, every once in a while yeah. i'll put it back on and then just go around and and fly around the city and, yeah. and kick the crap out of people or do some of those challenges where i get to fight because i mean those are super fun and all four of the Arkham games, that's that's one of the great things about them. Is you can jump right in and, you know, just go do a couple of side missions, go find some bad guys to beat up on, and it's it, they're just fun. Uh, you could have made you could have made those games not Batman games, 
And they still would have been a ton of fun to play. But it, yeah, it just adds an extra element oh, knowing that it's Batman and, and you get to beat up on his oh, rose gallery. It's much better because uh, it is Batman. <laughs> well, and, and it's a good thing too because I would go and, and especially after, you know, watching uh, Batman Begins or Dark Knight or something and now yep. you're, you're in Batman mode or even Batman versus Superman. Watch one of those and, and I'm immediately like, ah, I want to punch people now as Batman. Yeah. So, I mean, it's perfect. And go throw the skin on, too. And <laughs> the, the Batman you just watched. Uh, which, by the way, it is super fun to throw on. I can't remember which version of the game it was, uh, which, it, or which of the Arkham games it was, but you actually had the Batman animated series skin you could put on, which was funny because it was the like the 90s style animation Along with the, yeah, the, the real world, the real world which yeah. is kind of funny. So. Uh, I think they did that in the in uh, Arkham City. Yeah. I think there was it. There should be a skin for there was that. There's a ton in, of skins uh, in, Arkham, the, in Arkham City. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I had a, a, a ton of fun getting those different skins and everything yeah. too. Um, and so on Xbox, it'll be Tekken Tag Tournament Two. Oh my and goodness! Is the one coming coming out? So if you're into fighting games, Elizabeth, a, I'm coming to join you. It's a great one to pick oh. up. Oh, uh, so we'll say September is mostly remasters. Yeah. A lot of the sports games uh, putting out their titles. But it's getting you geared up. It's getting you geared again, up for the, for the holidays. October, November is going to ramp up to 11 yeah. real quick. Yeah. Real quick. And, and come November, uh, just make sure that you know you either have your money saved or you've been super nice to Grandma and you're going to get that, that game on Christmas Day. I was just planning on standing out in the corner. Yeah. <laughs> do what you gotta do, man. Yeah, man. You gotta, you gotta get that money somehow. Yeah, you port in a storm. <laughs> Lonely sailor. All right. So that pretty much wraps up for video games. Yeah, that's, that's, that's pretty much it until, like I said, the, the nitty gritty, the meat and potatoes is, is, is next month. All right. So Awesome. Well, we are going to take a quick break. And when we come back, uh, we're going to be talking about the DC Extended Universe. So this is the most recent set of DC films to come out. DC we're going to talk about those in a little more detail. All right, welcome back. And this is Topher and Marcus. And we are going to be talking a little bit about the DCEU, or the DC Extended Universe. Um, these are the most recent movies to come out. That's a stupid name. It is a stupid I'm name. sorry. <laughs> I shouldn't say things like that, but I can't help it. Can we call it something else? <laughs> you see, and I don't know why they just call it the DC Cinematic Universe. That would have made made enough sense. DCCU. Yeah. A little bit of a mouthful. I, that's, you know what? I'm going to call it that. that but that's, it's, it's still it still would have made more sense. And, and it touches on... One of our main, one of our chief complaints about the DC movies. Now, a little bit of background for you and me. You know, we we love DC. You know, a lot of people are split. You know, Marvel or DC. You and I are very much both. Why can't you love them both? Right. Yeah. It, right. It, both good. It, both have great titles. Um, they share a lot of the same writers and, and artists, so yeah, they, yeah, why, why wouldn't you? They go back and forth, and it's okay for them to, to bounce back and forth. Why why not why not us? Yeah. And, and they tell stories in different ways. You know, with DC, you typically get more kind of archetype characters. You know, things are typically a little bit more clear cut. Uh, we've gotten you know, of course, you know, more characters that are gritty and things like that in the past few years, whereas. Um, you know, with Marvel, you tend to have a little bit more personalities. Uh, yeah. I, you know, 
I'll, I'll agree with that somewhat. Uh, yeah. I, I think in, in, in DC, um, their, their storylines, because they, they involve so many other titles, right. that they become a little bit hard to follow. Um, especially, you know, they... That's part of the reason why they did the uh, they they did fifty two the yeah. first time around because they wanted to reset the universe because you mean to tell me that I've got to reference something that came out and was it nineteen eighty two or eighty three right. I was born in eighty three I'm and and I don't know if you've gone back and tried to read those old comics but they are wordy and they and, are and they are tiresome <laughs> I, I I can't I can't go back and read those and and for you to tell me I have to reference I have to reference that. That yeah. it doesn't work for me. It is, and for any for anybody who who looks down their nose at comic books, I mean, you go, you go read Dark Knight Returns and tell me you didn't just read a book. Yeah, I mean that's it's a it's a great comic. I mean, it gave us some absolutely iconic images and some. Uh, it's a phenomenal story, but you know it is wordy. And then same thing with No Man's Land or Nightfall. Yeah, you know Nightfall is a whole saga. In and of itself. Man, those books, like, you can hit somebody with that and yeah. cause bodily harm. That's assault. Right. Like, they, <laughs> right. And those, we're, we're talking heavily about Batman. I think for you and me both, we kind of grew up at the, the same, same time. I mean, Batman um, with the animated series, and then, of course, you got the new adventures of Superman that came out when we were kids. Yeah. You know, that's. Those were just phenomenal. Batman Beyond, and then in live action, you had, you know, Lois and Clark, which wasn't even a. At the time, was not a, a bad show to watch. It was kind of fun to watch, yeah. you know, especially being kids. I mean, we that's the stuff that I think we really grew up on, you know, and you know we love these characters, you know. And now, I mean, I I have a friend who is a vehement Marvel or nothing fanboy, and to the point that we were when a bunch of my friends were in my family were actually getting ready to go see Aquaman. He had he wanted nothing to do with it. Just Wait. because it was DC, and he missed out. I think he missed out. He I, missed I, out I on underwater Wakanda because that's pretty much what it was. But again, it, it's different. We'll talk about that in a minute when we <laughs> get there. Because I've got, I've got a gripe with both of those <laughs> that we will get to in a little uh, bit. So the DC, the DCEU, and like I said, they they call it the DCEU. It just it even sounds like just a half-ass name. It's it's a half measure. It feel it sounds like they don't even want to commit to their own movies. Well, and then, um, why did, they shouldn't call it that either? Because really, doesn't if if it's uh inter well, is it entertainment? Right. Uh, extended it, universe. It, oh, okay. It, it extended. Never mind. Because I was going to yeah. say if it was if it was entertainment, then you should really incorporate the television shows, which you could easily do and say that that's a different universe, but anyway. We which I think is actually, the, that's the tack they even take on it, yeah. um, is to call it a different universe. So, it started out in 2013 with Man of Steel. Uh, you know, Man of Steel, it's a long movie. It's, and, and it's amazing. And that's one of the things, too, that, you know, I, I will applaud DC on, is that they're not afraid of a runtime. They're not afraid of no. giving you a long runtime to a point, you know, like we talked about with you take uh, however the director's long. cut of, of Batman Superman, Dawn of Justice. You should take however long you need to tell the story right. and tell it right. And if you're telling a good story, the runtime really doesn't matter. People will watch it, you know. Yeah. Uh, like you and I have talked about before. If you, if you were watching Lord of the Rings and you're not watching the extended edition, you're, Why you're are you wrong. watching it. You're you're wrong. Why watch it? You know, yeah. I mean, it's 
if you're a real fan, you're, you you want to just soak up everything you can in those worlds. Well, yeah, it's like you know, if you got this piece of pizza and and this piece of pizza right. next to each other, and you're like, but this one's got more toppings and it tastes better, and you right. can get the you can get it for the same price. Why would you eat the one that doesn't have everything on it? Absolutely, and you know, uh, Man of Steel. I mean, it starts out phenomenal. You know, you got Russell Crowe as Jor El. You know, you get that whole setup on Krypton, which I think they did, and it looked awesome. Why would he, uh, one gripe that I had with that very beginning part, though, like, that would mean that he pretty much rode a horse to work when everybody else was driving cars. What, Haraka? Like, <laughs> why are you doing this? Well, but, <laughs> I, I think at the end of the day, I think the lesson there is it doesn't matter what time or what planet, you're still going to have to deal with hipsters. <laughs> But so it was a it was a cool sequence. It was a lot of fun. It, it really was. It was I, a I lot of fun to watch. And Michael Shannon is Zod. I I mean I don't. So Terrence Stamp played Zod the first time around. I didn't think anybody could tell. And he was. And, and two, he he played it. And he was he was very confident. He was very reserved. I mean, he was Terrence Stamp. You know, yeah. he's he's this classic Shakespearean trained actor. And then they chose Michael Shannon to to pick up the torch. And he's just nuts. He's completely unhinged. Yeah. I mean, he's completely unhinged. He's terrifying to watch. Uh, and it was amazing. I mean, I thought his performance as Zod was incredible. I have no people. Yeah. That is what you have taken from me. Yeah. Like, I can just... He's <laughs> nuts. I can watch that all day. He's nuts. And he's it's, and in, a, in the best possible way. Um, some of the things they did, too, with, with the Superman character. I mean, you know... A lot of people uh, take. Uh, a lot of people have a problem with the ending, and say so, no, that's not Superman. And again, I'm not gonna say spoilers because this movie is how many years old now? Yeah, on 2013. It's on TNT like every other week. If you yeah. haven't seen this movie, <laughs> sorry. six years old. Um, but when he breaks General Zod's neck, mm-hmm. and you know he yells at the huge scream, he's the last of his people from Krypton. What better way to explain why Superman won't kill than the, him killing the last of his kind? Right. It makes sense. Like, there was no other way for that to end. There's, right. there's no other way. And uh, what makes that movie so great for me is, again, it's a modern telling on Superman. So it's not, you know, the the Christopher Reeve Superman where everything's right. soft, feel good, and... <laughs> It really puts it in the at what would happen and if an alien came to Earth and this family adopted him, you know, how do you raise that kid? Uh, and they took a lot from uh, I'm trying to remember the the graphic novel Birthright. Yeah, they, they took a lot from Birthright. Yeah. Um, where they kind of it kind of explained some of that stuff, and right. and again, how else like he's he has to hide. He can't right. let everybody know what he can do and and they do a good job of kind of putting that into a real world context right you know what would happen if humans found out there's this alien on earth and not only that he's like a god what do you how how do you approach that yeah and the that was another thing too is you know you talk about you know wanting to wanting to protect superman which it, it sounds crazy but you know jonathan kent is you know he's a dad and it was something that Smallville, they definitely, they, they definitely were probably one of the first big mainstream versions of doing it. 
and Man of Steel, you know, picked it up perfectly. You know, when you get the flashbacks and, you know, especially after the flashback where, where Clark saves the school bus. Yeah. When he goes in the water. And, you know, his dad comes out to him and he's just, he's coming to him strictly from a dad. He's not the typical Jonathan Kent we'd always seen, which was kind of this moral compass figure. You know, he was coming out and saying, you know, you can't do that kind of stuff. You, you've got to be careful. You know, we, we don't know what could happen. And, and they also, they didn't know the full extent of Clark's powers. Yeah. Um, and, and what would happen if, if somebody tried to take him. But, you know, he asked him, he's like, so am I just supposed to let these people die? And he's like, his maybe. dad is just, I, I don't know. You know, maybe, maybe you do. You know, if that's, because he's looking at it from that, that perspective of, I just got to keep my kids safe. Yeah. You know, I don't want to see anybody else's kids get hurt. But my kid's more important to me, and I and I want to I want to take care of him up to the point of sacrifices. You know, himself. he sacrifices himself, which I think that's where you get the bookend uh, when he does kill Zod. Is you know he he really did cherish life. You know he his dad sacrificed himself. Both of his fathers sacrificed yeah. themselves so that he could live. You know, and and he life is precious. You know his his own life, his own existence had already cost so much. Of these two great men, two very different but very great men, and you know he doesn't want to kill, but then he has to do it. He's, he's forced to do it. Well, and you know it's funny that you 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 bring that up too because I think that that ties in so perfect to kind of why Batman versus Superman, in my opinion, was a great movie um, because it, it picks up right where um, Man of Steel left off, right and. The collateral damage that was caused. I remember watching that in the theaters and being right. like, "How many people are dying?" Which was one of the biggest. Was one of the biggest complaints about Man of Steel. That was one of the number one complaints about Man of Steel was the the battle at the end, uh, which also too I want to give another great shout out to Man of Steel for right away. Lois Lane is able to figure out who he is. Yeah, because that was always one of the one of the biggest. The biggest knocks on DC for a long time, specifically the Superman comics, is you have Lois Lane, intrepid reporter, Pulitzer Prize winning investigative journalist. And she can't and figure she out, can't figure figure out swoop. that the guy who sits in the desk across from her is the, also the object of, of her just in, incredible curiosity. So, you know, they, they do have her figure that out very quickly in the movie, which I thought was great. Uh, yeah, I, I thought that was... Uh... <laughs> I, I thought, I'm I'm glad they did that because again that always yeah. bothered me. What's he he puts on glasses and he hunches and and makes his hair a little different. Right, and you can't tell that that's Superman. Okay, exactly. the guy's huge. Like, <laughs> how can you not figure this out? Right, but but um, yeah, the the amount of damage in that final battle, um, and it, really even just between him and Zod, not even all the other stuff. Oh are, yeah, that was one of the biggest biggest things uh, that a lot of people knocked the movie for. Um, was that damage, and then of course you talk about Dawn of Justice going right into yeah, that. Yeah, they, they go right into that, and and you you see it, you know I I I called it when I saw Man of Steel, and I was like, oh man, Bruce ain't gonna be too happy about you tearing up his satellite, and then we find out that you know he completely uh, destroys a, a Wayne Tower. Yeah. And and he loses a lot of friends and employees, and he feels responsible semi-responsible yeah. you know bruce always wears the, the the guilt of the world on his shoulders absolutely so um you know what better way to, for him to kind of go and say all right i gotta take this guy down you took everything 
and I don't know. I've got to stop the threat before it, it starts. And I think that goes back to, which is why it makes me so angry that we didn't get to see a, a Ben Affleck so, the solo Batman movie. Right. Because what way to, it, it's a good way to explain or, or go back and tell the story of why Bruce is so jaded. Because think about it. He had a chance to stop all those villains before they they had a chance to start. You, know, you got the Joker. You got Two-Face. You right. got all these Batman rogues that he probably could have stopped if he just would have said, you know what? I'm going to break my moral code. I'm going to kill. Yeah. And, and he's ready to do that with, with Clark. Like, he's ready yeah. to put the, the dagger through him. And all it takes is him saying, Martha... Yeah. But you know, I I, I mean, again, I, I thought that was also kind of cool. People make fun of it, but people do. But it's, I mean, really, if you put yourself in Bruce's shoes, he's got PTSD. You know, he that was his mom. That yeah. was his, that was his mother's name, and all of a sudden, this guy that you've been in the the battle of your life with, and he looks at you, a total stranger, and he says your mom's name. That's mm-hmm. gonna make any of us pause. You like wait what? You like. How do you, especially, you know, you're in your secret identity. Like, how did you figure that out? Uh, one thing, though, I want to touch on is the opening of, you know, and so many movies have had great openings. And Dawn of Justice, it's got two incredible points about Batman that I think is just phenomenal. And the first one is um, Ben Affleck really, he got huge. Like, he, yeah. he bulked up to play this role. In fact, so much so, in the opening of the movie, he drives a Jeep Renegade, which is not a, it's not a big SUV. Oh, no, I, 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 yeah, I used to own one. You know, it's, it's a decent sized car. Yeah. When I'm watching this movie in the theater, I thought he was in, in some type of golf cart. Like, (laughs) literally, like, he was so, he was so massive. Yeah. That I thought he was in some type of, like, Golf cart, smart car style security vehicle. Yeah, yeah, trust me. And then you find out it's a, it's a Jeep Renegade. I'm, I'm not a small guy, right. but there was still plenty of room for me yeah. in that that vehicle. Exactly. Yeah, I bought one. Uh, but I mean, he really got big to play that role. And then the other thing too, from more of a character standpoint, is you know he rushed in. He saw he saw these two gods falling through the sky, shooting lasers and punching their way through buildings. And his instinct was to charge forward (laughs) into that to try to save his people, to to try to evacuate the building of his employees, essentially his family in a lot of ways. And he did it. There was no bat suit. There were no gadgets. There was no Batmobile. Like, he just rushed in headlong to, to do what was right. Um, to throw himself into that line of fire, <coughs> that just, that's him, <coughs> that's a hero. You know, that is a hero. You yeah, know, exactly. you, he easily could have tried to double back, you know, <coughs> Batman it up and, and try to swoop in to save the day, but he didn't. Yeah. Um, so from a from a character standpoint, and a lot of people know, a lot of people take digs on how they approach the character of Batman in this movie. To me, in that opening scene, they nailed it. I mean, they absolutely nailed it right away. Yeah, I, I think they got, I, for the most part, I think they nailed all of the characters involved in that movie. And again, if you, uh, I went, I saw it in theaters. Uh, day one. Uh, I did not enjoy it in theaters. Okay, I loved um, it in theater. It wasn't until I bought the, because I was going to buy it anyway. Of course. Um, it wasn't until I got the um, the director's cut that I, I saw 
his vision and saw what they were trying to do with it, and I, I fell in love with it, and I was like, all right, cool. I'm excited for Justice League. Right. Uh, by the time we get Justice League, you know, um, it, it's a totally different movie than what Zack Snyder envisioned it to be, and I get it. He had to leave because because of his kid, but I, I think that also, you know, that was DC kind of pushing him out the door because they were getting a lot of backlash for it being right. being dark. So, um, I just, I, I wish that they would have continued to let him work on that movie so we could see it. They said it's done. I doubt we'll ever see it. If we right. do, it'll probably end up being something like the Richard Donner cut yep. of Superman 2 that we got decades later. Absolutely. Um, but, uh, <laughs> okay. Some action going on outside my apartment here. Yeah. So, all right. That well, pass, cool. But... So that's gone now. Yep. Um, but, uh, I, I just wish, again, that we got to see the, the full vision of what Justice League was supposed to be. Now, did I still enjoy Justice League? Yes. It was it was, it was was a fun movie. Was there things about it I don't like? Yes. But I think what DC is starting to see and starting to do, right. which we hit uh, talked about a little bit earlier uh, for a split second, was that you know you not all of the movies have to be dark, gritty. They could be fun. Right. Um, which kind of leads... Wonder Woman was, was a little bit of both. Wonder Woman's where they, they, I think they finally started kind of playing with that. Because yeah. with, especially when you look at, when you look at Bruce Wayne, you know, you look at, at especially, specifically Ben Affleck playing Bruce Wayne in, in Dawn of Justice, uh, you know, and this was a, a great thing with setting up the dichotomy of the two, is they did a great job of playing Clark Kent wanting to just be Clark Kent, but having to be Superman. Whereas on the flip side, Bruce Wayne is is the mask. Yeah. You know, Batman is the real person. And they, they did a great job of kind of illustrating both of those things. But Batman was, for the most part, he was coming out of retirement. He, he'd been retired to, to some degree is what's hinted at in the movie. Um, that he's back and he's a little more brutal than he had been before. Um, he was extremely focused on the mission at hand, uh, which was finding Superman yeah. and, and figuring out a way to trap him. And so it wasn't trapping. Yeah, you're <laughs> but I mean, he, there, there was a lot. There was a lot of brooding going on. It was he was very focused on the mission, and that was it. Like that was his entire existence. And then we get to Justice League, and you know he he kind of makes such cracking some jokes. Um, I think that's not Batman. You know, it is and it isn't. It is and it isn't. I I think there's there's a time and a place for it. Um, and it, it showed the growth that he had in that in that short encounter with Superman, uh, with Superman as an ally. And then I think to the heart of Justice League for me is the relationship between Bruce and Diana, between Batman and Wonder Woman. That is the heart of the movie. Yeah. And in fact, I think in a lot of ways, she is reeling him back from the darkness. You know, and, and he's also trying to bring her bring her back to Earth, too. Like, they they really are pulling at each other um, to try just to, to call each other out. Of, like, you know, she's calling him out, like, you know, you're so obsessed with saving the world, you don't, you know, you're, you won't be a part of it. You know, you hole up in your cave. And he's kind of pulling the same thing. He's, like, he's pointing the mirror back at her because she's doing very much the same thing. She yeah. hides away from the world, you know. So I I, I liked that play on Batman. Um, 
I, I just I enjoyed him, especially the scenes with him and Aquaman at the beginning. You know. <laughs> yeah, I, where Aquaman he thought that uh, Aquaman thought he was just gonna slam up against the wall, and then yeah. you know he, he was gonna back down. It's like ah, you always yeah. don't know him very well. Uh, no, he doesn't care. Right. And two, it, it showed where he had learned, where he had learned from what he dealt with with Superman. Again, it was such a it's a very brief interaction, really, in for for a movie that is all about setting up this fight between Batman and Superman. It's a very short interaction between the two of them, you know, until yeah. Superman ends up, you know, biting it when he fight when they fight Doomsday. And I think it kind of taught Bruce a lesson of, hey, you know, there's there's other ways of going about things. Doomsday kind of looked like poop too, by the way. A little bit. Yeah. A little bit. He yeah. was like he was kind of like a kind of like a sad ninja turtle. Yeah, like electric Mister Hanky. <laughs> there you go. Well, um. But I think it showed where he learned the lesson <laughs> of, you know, when dealing with these other these other beings, you know, maybe having a more diplomatic approach yeah. could be helpful, especially when it's, like, obviously seeing there's much larger stakes. Yeah. There's much bigger that, things I'm sorry. I can't get the idea out of Mr. Hanky. Howdy ho, Superman! Yeah. Like, it, I was... <laughs> sorry, right? We <sighs> edit that part out. Oh, no, we definitely got to keep that, sir. No, definitely. Uh, yeah, we will. Uh, no, so... Uh, question, though. Yeah. All right, so now that we, we both, we've seen Aquaman, we've seen um, uh, Justice League, mm-hmm. and um, doesn't Aquaman have that suit in Justice League? The... He had a different suit in Justice League. It's a little more... Little more akin to the traditional Aquaman suit of the of the orange and green. Yeah. So does as it, opposed to the battle armor he wore in at least the, the halfway point of. of just, and that's, okay, that's, so I was trying to figure out. All right, does yeah. does Aquaman take place? Takes place after. It takes place after. So, and this is because yeah, I remember a reporter of, asking that. This is part of where we we get into. Kind of DC's, kind of going at going at half ass, kind of having a half measure approach to things. So, in Justice League, we see Arthur get in the suit, and we see him when he goes to get the Quindent. It's not a trident; it's got five points. It's a Quindent. He gets that from Mira, and it's implied that they already know each other. But then when you get to Aquaman, it very much seems like they're meeting each other for the first time. But the Quindent was his mother's, so he's kind of had it for quite a while. But it seems like they don't know each other, yet she points out that he fought against Steppenwolf, which was Injustice yeah. League. So, you know, that's kind of where they just kind of get goofy with how they approach things and, and not respecting the That's the equivalent the of telling us to mind our business. That's <laughs> what, <laughs> mind your business, moviegoers. You don't question, don't question continuity, which... If I, I just if that bothered me, um, yeah, it, just it, really it, thinking it, about it, it, it and I'm trying, trying to piece it together because I'm like, all right, look, I get it. We all know Wonder Woman comes before all of right. that. There's pretty much the Captain America first Avenger to DC right. EU. Ugh, I hate saying that. Um, and Wonder Woman, Wonder Woman was a, I thought it was a great movie. It was a lot of fun. Uh, they they played on the the team up aspect of of her with the soldiers. Again, kind of, kind of a riff on the first Avenger. There was a lot of similarities. Yeah, 
Um, you know, I mean, you might as well have just called them the Howling Commandos for crying yeah, out loud. Yeah, pretty much. And that's pretty that's, much what you're Both um, movies also made me sleepy. Yes, they're good. And I enjoyed Wonder Woman a, a lot. A lot. But once I bought, well, and I can't once think I of bought somebody it, better to play Wonder Woman than Gal Gadot. Ugh. she's, I mean, she's incredible, and she brings a lot to the role. And again, I mean, we've had a lot of different versions of all of these characters, and you know, Wonder Woman is no exception. Sometimes we see her as just complete, no nonsense, you know, on top of everything, and then sometimes we get her where she's the fish out of water and naive to the to the ways of the world of man works. I just I want to pat her on the head, like it, it's it's adorable. Like you just oh, you don't know what's happening. Yeah. But then also too, she'll kick your ass if you pat her on the head. Uh-huh. Like I I love that. Yeah. Which and, we did we did get in Wonder Woman. You get a nice uh, nice little hat tip or or nod to Richard Donner Superman, where they get mugged in the alley, and she's the one that steps in to save the day. Yeah. You know, and keep Chris Pine alive, <laughs> which I'm sure he was grateful for. Uh. But those, so those movies leading up to them, and, and why I said, you know, you shouldn't be afraid of runtime. I will say, Wonder Woman's long. They are, they're, they're all long, and they're, they're all movies that could kind of use a little bit of trimming. And even as much as we both talked about how great the, the extender, the director's cut of Dawn of Justice is, there's kind of that butter zone of, you know, where you, you land where you have just, you have too much movie. Yeah. Where you could go longer and it's great. You could trim about 15 minutes to 30 minutes out of it and it's great. But then you have that kind of in-between zone where, where things just kind of get a little clunky, a little slow. Yeah. And that I feel like is where, that's where I feel like a lot of the DC movies have kind of floundered a little bit. Yeah. they not able to figure out their tone and then two, just like they could have been a little more judicious in editing one way or the other, giving us a little bit more or just kind of pulling back in us a little bit less. Um, I, yeah, because I, I kind of feel that way with Aquaman. Aquaman yeah. could have did a little bit trimming, a little bit of trimming, and then yeah. uh, I could have done without some of the cheesy lines in there. Yeah. Um, like with the, the uh, call me Black Manta. And I yeah. was like, oh, no. Come on, bro. <laughs> Like, but there, there are, the, the, like, I like the throwbacks to the actual, the comic book, um, right. helmet and, and, you know, he completely, uh, melts the mask and he, right. he has to do it again. Like I said, I, that was really cool. Like I, it was, there was a lot of elements in Aquaman. I just really enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun. Right. Which a lot you of don't really fun. get to see that kind of stuff no. with the villain. You know, we, we see the, we see the suit up and the, the putting of the gear together with the heroes all the time, but getting to see a villain do it. Um, and kind of, here's one of my gripes. Here's one of my gripes. And, of course, we need conflict to have a story. But the whole the whole thing that he's out for vengeance because he holds Aquaman responsible for his dad's death. Like, you guys were pirates. Like, come on. Like, you, you had to well, know you had to know the game. Like, you had to know this was a risk. Well, that's borrowed from <laughs> one of the, uh, the, the retellings now. The, it's borrowed from a lot of things. Yeah, it's, a, the, it's a pretty common The modern trope. retelling of It's of a pretty Iron modern Man. trope with a lot of, of villain's stories. It's, villains are doing villain stuff, and the hero is somehow in some way responsible for you know, either dad or mentor or whoever's death. And then, of course, now we're on a quest for vengeance. Like, you were doing illegal stuff. You were being a bad guy. Like, you had to know, like, hey, eventually it's going to catch up with you. Uh, uh, <laughs> let's see. Uh, 
I just wish, again, like I said, it, it, that one could have uh, stood for some editing. And yeah. uh, I hope that, well, what, what is the next movie? Because they said, I know that Flash movie is on the, on, the black, on the back burner. It is on the back burner. Ezra Miller still says it's going forward, but, you know, and right now I think they're kind of in of a that, holding pattern. Nah, speaking of that. <laughs> I like him. No. I like him. He is not Barry Allen. <laughs> I liked him. Part of why I liked him, though, is he was so different from the way Grant Gustin plays him <coughs> on on the Flash on the CW. He is so different from that from the way that character's playing him. I liked it a lot. No, he's eh, he's too goofy. He's more Wally West in, than he is Barry Allen. Uh, again, I I and even Grant Gustin, I I I like him on the Flash. He just does not strike me as Barry like. That's not who Barry is, man. Barry, yeah, he go- he jokes around every once in a while, right? But I mean, he's more scientist, and and he's not a he's he's just not uh he's not a jokester. That's that's right. not Barry. And that that too though that is and where he's not socially awkward either. Well, and that's and that's a, another place where DC could could take a page out of the Marvel book, where you. When you introduce the character for the first time on screen, it doesn't have to be that first iteration of the character. You know, like they did with, Ant- with Ant-Man. You know, instead of being Hank Pym, who's essentially crabby Tony Stark, you know, they brought in <laughs> Scott Lang. And, you know, they, they played the character differently. You know, that they established Hank Pym was part of the MCU, that he was there. And, you know, now it was Scott Lang's time to be, the, to be that hero. Yeah, I mean, you, know, you can you can do that. I think most people, if you ask if you ask most comic book readers, who is Ant Man, they would say Hank. they would say Hank Pym. But then you get to the you get to the MCU and it's Scott Lang, which yeah. is it, it works and it just you don't have to just because most people say that Barry Allen is the Flash, they easily could have made Wally West the yeah, Flash that's, and and had it fit more in line with the character. So I do agree yeah, with you. Because you can point. always bring Barry in later. Just call him Wally West, and you can bring in Barry later. Barry was trapped in the Speed Force. Yeah, and I think that's something. If you do that, that's you got a dope uh, prequel that you can tell. Absolutely. And then you've got uh, a sequel that you can tell with um, uh, Barry as Flash and Wally as Kid Flash. Right. Right. Which holds true to the comics. Yeah. I just, you know. Where I mean, where do you see what's what's the future for this? I just, I just again I, I don't see it with when you got Joker coming and it's something completely different and it's got nothing right. to do with the rest of this. I feel like they just don't really know what they're they want to do next or going to do next. Where do you what so, would you like to see? Them? So the next the next two things that they've got kind of coming to the forefront is um, we've got a Birds of Prey movie coming out with Margot Robbie. And they're going to be doing another Suicide Squad, directed by James Gunn, who did Guardians of the Galaxy, which there's a lot of people kind of put those in the same types of categories as characters. And certainly the way he did Guardians, with them being criminals and anti-heroes, you know, it it does fall a little closer along the lines of Suicide Squad. And again, if we want to talk about editing real quick, uh, one of my complaints... (laughs) with the editing of Suicide Squad is when they were doing the intros for the characters. Every character got an intro except for Slipknot, who, of course, is the first one to die when he tries to escape. So it's kind of like, like, hey, way, way to hang a lantern on it, guys. Like, clearly, 
Like, gee, I wonder which one of these guys is going to die first. <laughs> it's the one who didn't get the intro. Yeah. Um, so just be a little more careful with their editing. But as far as where the D- where the DCU goes from here, uh, you know, those are the two that are confirmed. I think, though, with the success we've seen with Aquaman and with Shazam, which <coughs> these were not... These were not MCU numbers, which I think at this no. point, I, I think I would say honestly, pretty much post Black Panther, if these movies aren't making a billion bucks, you it's, know, it's considered a bust. Probably, it's, it's not considered one of their one of their top performers. Man, they should have leaned more on Underwater Wakanda. You know, and so here's the thing: I said, <laughs> I said I had a gripe. I said I had a gripe, and I'm, I'm going to air this grievance now. I'm going to air this grievance every dang time. Wakanda and Atlantis. Both of them. They both come across as we're better than the rest of the world. We're more evolved than the rest of the world. You know, the way they do things. However, Marcus, you've disagreed with me. We must battle to the death to settle it. Like, that's... (laughs) Like, really? Like, you're you're selling me on how evolved you are and how above all the all that stuff you are. And then it's like, okay, well... Uh, we're gonna have a battle. We're gonna fight to the death to determine who the next king of Wakanda is. Because clearly, that's that's a legitimate yeah. way to set up your government. And I got all these crazy underwater guns and technology. <laughs> we gotta fight to the death in a volcano thing. Right. No, <laughs> we we can't have a no debates. No. 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 Mod- no. Well moderated, thought out debate. With, with, that would be a very words. boring Aquaman movie, though. <laughs> it was like a, a presidential debate, but with Orn and 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 uh, Arthur. Hey. <laughs> Listen, I saw I saw Attack of Clones. I know what you mean. Oh my Colors god! Not, oh. <laughs> they don't belong in action they movies. They don't belong in action movies. But what about Midichlorians? What? I don't, what? I, don't know what ta- I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know that. I don't. I don't know what that word means. But I feel like I need to take a shower now that you said it. I have to. Any time that I got a chance to bring that up, just to make you feel uncomfortable, I, I have to. It, yeah. It's it's like a rule. Hey, they they can't all be winners. They um, can't all be winners, but you know that those are they are great movies still. I mean, that's just kind of it's a little nitpick right that I have about them. Um, but that was one of the things with Aquaman was they kind of figured out, hey, we can we can have we can have fun, we can have color in the movies. Yeah, it doesn't have <laughs> to look like you filmed it uh, underneath a trash bag. Right. Like yeah, yeah. Exactly. And then you know with Shazam, we talked about Shazam quite a bit yeah. um, earlier, but you know. It was a it was a great movie. Zachary Levi, uh, another crossover actor from the MCU, um, having played Fandral in the in the last two Thor movies, I'll be briefly in Ragnarok. Yeah, um, he you know he's a he's a great actor. He's he's fun to watch. Um, he he has he has a very youthful energy, which I was a big fan of Chuck. So I was super excited to see him getting cast in the role as what are we gonna call him, Captain Marvel? Uh, he's still Shazam. Shazam. I, I think Shazam's just the easiest thing to call him. So, you know, with the DCEU altogether, I mean, kind of my takeaway is, one of the biggest things is, you know, the, the movies have been going for six years. Okay, so six years. Um, Marvel got to the Avengers in four years. Uh, which is about how long it took him to get to get from Man of Steel to Justice League. But where I think they kind of missed the mark as far as, as kind of comparing the two is with 
Marvel, they did a they did a great job of they they solidly introduced Iron Man. They solidly introduced Thor. There was a very solid introduction to Captain America. And they did a they did a pretty decent job. I think they did as good of a job as you can with a, with a Hulk movie, a Hulk standalone movie. I, I I'm sorry. I, I think really, I really like that movie. It's it's I, a I, good it's movie. Good. I think Hulk is just it's a hard character. I think I think the Hulk is just a hard character to do a solo story for. Which is why we not just because of the Universal deal, but that's probably another just reason period. why we won't I, I, see yeah. a solo Hulk movie. Right, but I think that just from a character standpoint, from a writing standpoint, I think it's just it's a hard character to do a solo movie for. Because um, even when you get to the comics, I mean, there's there's all kinds of other stuff that you kind of got to susp- suspend some disbelief or really be in the comics to, to follow. Yeah. And get, well, with a few exceptions, like Planet Hulk and stuff like that. Um, but they, they brought in, our, really they brought in our four lead characters, or the Trinity as, as they're even being called now. Uh, with with Cap, Tony, and and Thor, they gave them solid introductions, and then with with DC, we really didn't get that. You know, we got a, a we got a good introduction for for Batman and Superman, and didn't get the best introduction with Wonder Woman. I mean, I I thought it was cool how they just kind of threw her in there when she you know yeah. she's she's already been there. She's kind of a quote unquote established, unbeknownst right. to us. But and I and I love the way I loved her in the, in Dawn of Justice. It was incredible, but then bringing in the other characters of, of Cyborg and Aquaman and The Flash, of just having these little little teasers yeah. kind of midway through the movie, it just kind of, I kind of felt like we could use at least one more movie to introduce at least one or two of those characters. I wish that, um, again, it, they're missing a golden opportunity to do it. It doesn't have to be Justice League. Do a Trinity movie. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, you could find there's a bunch of big bads that you can do. Absolutely. Um, but um, the three of them together, you missed a golden opportunity to do that. And, I mean, you still got a chance to rectify it. Because um, I know that Ben said he was done. But with the, for the right amount and if the fans yeah. ask enough. We and take, he, had some, he had some personal stuff going on. I yeah. feel like. But then that's another thing, though, too. Is but Henry Cavill, why would you... you he, you just you just kind of pushed him to the side. I thought he was a great Superman. He Why? was a phenomenal Superman. What are you doing? Like, yeah. bring this guy back. What? So just like that, we're done with Superman movies. Right. Ugh. Over a mustache. Yeah. Over. <laughs> Why? Okay, and that's another thing. Why can't you get that CG mustache fixed? Okay, I know he's got obligations because he was doing Mission Impossible. Right. You had the mustache. That's fine. But the with the technology that we have. You mean to tell me that's the best that you can do for his lip? That looked horrible. Yeah. Absolutely. I felt like I was looking at Jar Jar Binks. It was jarring. It was it was hard to watch in certain scenes. It and, was rough. Yeah, and then that's the thing too, is like you knew his schedule. You knew what his schedule was gonna look like. You know, and <coughs> I think the biggest difference is the D C movies. The DC movies, to me, they, they have just, felt, as a, from a universe standpoint, have felt very rushed. That they're all trying to rush us to that payoff of yeah. seeing the Justice League standing shoulder to shoulder. Uh, you know, they, they really, they forced that on us in a way that, that it was jarring. And it just didn't, we didn't, we didn't have enough time to get to know, I mean, heck, we didn't, we didn't have time to really get to know half the team. And that's... You know, we didn't really get to know... You know, yeah, Barry's dad is in prison. Okay, but we don't really get to know 
Barry. We didn't really get to know Cyborg. Exactly. We, we barely got to, to meet Aquaman aside from the fact of he's a rock star and he doesn't care. And again, it's hard for me to... I know this, the backstory of Barry right. Allen, so, it, so I get it. But as a as somebody who has never seen the movie before, why do I care what happened? What's going on with right. his dad? I don't give two shits. Right. Like uh, the cyborg stuff. Okay, I can kind of get, you know, yeah. uh, the experiments. You know, I, look, I get it. You're half man, half machine. You used to right. being a, a top notch athlete, Victor Stone. Yeah, that's I get it. That that yeah. I relate. You can relate to in the movie, but with Flash and Aquaman, I'm like, I don't, I don't care. Yeah. I mean, it really was like they just put a camera on Jason Momoa and said, hey, man, uh, be yourself, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Party. Woo! Yeah. Drink a bottle of Jack Daniels and throw it at at the sea as it crashes into me. Yeah. You know, granted, it looked cool. Yeah. It looked cool as heck. And then, you know, the trailers with Icky Thump playing in the background, you know, over it was just, you know, they they did a great job of setting that up and getting excited. But it was just, like I said, they they just, they rush. They don't earn, they don't earn their moments, I think is the biggest problem they have. Zack Snyder was setting it up perfect yeah. for uh, Dark Side. Yeah. And, um, I mean, even, a lot of people don't pay attention to it, um, and uh, Batman versus Superman, but with the Omega symbol yep. in the sand. And the Parademons. And the Parademons. Yep. And pretty much, they kind of take the story from Injustice, uh, the Injustice video game, where, you know, Superman kind of is going rogue because the Joker kills Lois. In this particular yeah. instance, you know, um, you know, Batman has something to do with that, with Lois not being yeah. around. And, you know, he just, he, well, what maybe, he does. Uh, maybe. Well, we, don't, we don't even really know. Well, he kind of mixed. He's like, you took that from me. You took her from me. Gotcha. So, I mean, we kind of, whatever, Batman did something. Yeah. Batman's kind of a dick sometimes. So, who who knows what happened? Uh, But, I mean, again, you're setting it up for, like, this post-apocalyptic world. And then you've got the Flash that runs in because you're kind of setting up Flashpoint when he's basically telling, especially now that we've seen Justice League, he's telling her that Lois is the key. So right. that's why he's able to, like, when they wake Superman up, and he's like, oh, shit, and then Lois gets out of the, the, the van with Alfred, or no, the, the limo with Alfred. She's like, oh, he's like, oh, okay, I'll stop now. Yeah. Like, it, again, all of that tied into um, into that, and you, we, we got robbed of a chance to see something really cool with Justice <laughs> right. League, and, and eventually the sequel to Justice League when we get a, uh, I mean, a Dark Side. Right, and that's, and, you know, Dark Side, again, is, is a great point, because I you know, there was so much being done at the same time in the MCU to build up Thanos. And I think to an outsider, to somebody who's not a comic book fan, who's more of the casual fan, Thanos and Darkseid could be fairly interchangeable. And yeah. I think what ends up happening is the one of the big differences is with Marvel, you know, there's some very clear direction. You know, they're, they're very focused on making each movie very good on its own. And then they figure out how to work it together and, and make it fit into this overarching plot. Whereas with DC, I, just I feel like they, they haven't had, they don't have a Kevin Feige. It's a bunch of, well, they do. They and did. They don't listen to Jeff Johns. Yeah. And let's do this. Yeah. And it's, it's, they're very much trying to run the, run the, these movies from the boardroom. And it just doesn't work. It's and Warner Brothers, is, it is. is essentially, 
And it is again. I think it's it's Jeff Johns. He's got a good idea. He's got great ideas in place. Right. Um, and they don't utilize him. Um, and to his fullest extent, like it, for me, D, uh, Jeff Johns pretty much saved DC Comics in a time okay. where I think that they were floundering. Um, and it began with him and his run on uh, Green Lantern. Yeah. And it, it's, everything started to take shape, and and then he started working on Justice League and some and other comics. And let this guy work. He, he it's clear that he could put a, a great story together. Right. He could tie things together. Just stop. I, I think I feel like they're like monkeys throwing darts at a dartboard, or yeah. you know, and hoping that you know they hit the twenty or a bullseye. It's not going to work like that. You need a plan in place. You just can't. Randomly throw things up in the air and hope it sticks. One hundred percent, you know, and that's the thing is, is I think Marvel or I think DC has been has been playing. Let's try to catch up with Marvel so much that what they're not doing is they're not looking at what is Marvel doing right. Yeah, you know, and as we talked earlier, you know, DC and Marvel, um, there's a lot of things, especially if you go back to the to the seventies and the eighties. There were a lot of things that you could very clearly tell where the differences were. With Two companies. Yeah. As we got into the '90s, less and less so. Artists were going back and forth. Writers were going back and forth. You know. You know. Kevin Smith has done runs on Daredevil and on Batman. Yep. You know, and, and he's not the only one. No, Jim, has, Jim Lee. You know, Jim, Jim Lee started as yeah. an artist with um in in Marvels uh, X Men. Oh, like like again, that's part of the reason why right. I wanted to be an illustrator when I was a kid. Yeah. Is is looking at his artwork in comics and then to see him go on do his own comic company and now like doing a lot of artwork for pretty much primarily for DC. Absolutely. Mainly Batman. So Yeah, and, and I mean aside from aside from, from Frank Miller and Alex Ross, you know, Jim Lee probably did one of the most iconic takes on how Batman looks. You know but that's where I think they've messed up with the movies is like I said, they're 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 running so fast just to try to catch up with Marvel. They're not looking at what is Marvel doing right? What is Marvel doing to make billion-dollar revenue movies that resonate with people? I mean, go on YouTube and you will find video after video after video, not just of fan theories about Marvel and the MCU, but of tributes to to the characters, to the story, to all of those things. You know, they're, they're doing something that's resonating at a very core emotional level. And DC just isn't hitting that mark. They have to realize that it's okay to be it's it's okay to copycat in this yeah. in, in anything. Imitation is the best form of flattery. And they do it and, all the time. And again, if, if if they're doing something right, it's okay for them to say, Hey, all right, well let's I see what you're doing. We wanna do something, we wanna right. tell a story. We're not gonna tell it the same way, but we right. we do wanna follow your your pattern. I mean, it happens in everything, like sports for instance. I mean, you look at um, how the Cardinals, they, the Cardinal way, and, you know, you, yeah. you develop through the farm system. You might make one or get one or two big free agents, but the, everything else is built up through that. Or the Patriots, you know, they, they have a way of doing things, and other teams see that that works, right. and they copy that. And, and that's okay. Right. Is There's nothing wrong with that. If you see Marvel is doing a hell of a job, and you say, hey, you know what, let's do that exact same formula, Great. I don't think the fans would be upset and be like, "Ooh, right. you copied them." Ooh. And and that's another thing too. I want to point out, um, especially looking at uh, Dawn of Justice in particular, is is fans and, and being a fan and you know being patient. 
taking the time as a fan to let let the thing get made and watch it before you make any judgments on it. Uh, Dawn of Justice was a movie that you know was considered considered by a lot of people to be a flop, and a big part of that was because for a year and a half, all we had seen was article after article after article about how bad this movie was going to be. Yeah, I mean, and, and then of course you know that was it started with the media, and it's they're trying to they're trying to get clicks, they're trying to get people to to read their articles or at least come to their website, and then that bled into the fandom just becoming completely toxic. Well, and, and now and, and trashing every aspect of it, it's like that's it, happening again, and yeah. it, and then that's it's frustrating for me um, as somebody who I remember when they first cast Affleck, and I was like, I don't know, man, I was a little mad, and then. Once I calmed down and I thought about it, I was like, he's got the same jawline. Yeah. Uh, he hasn't really been in too many bad movies. I know how dedicated dedicated of an actor he is. Yeah. I don't see a problem with this movie and his, and his casting. And he turned out to be great. And I I, I feel like, I again, I apologized mm-hmm. to my friends. And I was like, I was wrong. Uh, and once I came to my senses, I was like, all right, he's going to do good. And he was good. Yeah. Same thing with Robert Pattinson. Look at just look. Ignore his body of work with Twilight. Take Twilight. He doesn't even like that. Yeah, but that was a picture. If you look at him and 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 really look, and he's got the Bruce Wayne uh, and Dark Knight vibe. He's got the same kind of face, the the body structure. You haven't even seen the script. You haven't seen him and 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 the suit at all. Haven't seen the trailer. You haven't seen the trailer. You haven't seen anything. You fans, you gotta relax because you're like you're making me angry to be a nerd. Like, let's see the finished product before we judge right. it. Let's let's even just get close to the finished product. Let's yeah. see. Let me see a still, and that was one of the things to me that I think, I think it started to shut some people up with with Ben Affleck, was that first black and white still, with the you know the the Batmobile kind of under a tarp. I was hyped after and I saw that. I think that's what shut a lot of people up, was seeing Ben Affleck in the suit for the first time. Yeah. And as much of it was a, a grainy cell phone shot that Zack Snyder took, you know, you, you've got you've to let these things gestate a little bit. Um, and even, it's, it is kind of a funny story with Ben Affleck when he said that, you know, when the news broke, he got online, he read one comment, which was literally, no! And then he just like <laughs> shut off everything at that point. <laughs> But <laughs> it was just, you know, it was tough, and and that's the biggest thing that I think going forward as fans that we have to that we have to do. And yeah. I think it's part of our job is to is to let them do their job, and then we go see the movie and yeah. then we make our opinions. Yeah, make our opinions afterwards after the fact. That, right. You know, don't be one of those. I I I I can't I can't even call you a fan when you're doing that. Like again, you're making it a toxic place for right. for. We have we got a lot of good things going right now, and don't ruin it. Right. Don't 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 ruin it. You know you you make it hard you make it hard for these properties to succeed, and you also make it hard for other people to enjoy them, and to and to find these things. And you got to remember that even though, you know, I I found Batman you know in nineteen eighty eight eighty nine when I was three or four years old, and I've been a fan my pretty much my entire life. There are people who are going to become Batman fans tomorrow for the first time ever. Yeah. Um, my wife, when we were dating, we went to see, you know, I was super excited about seeing uh, Dark Knight Rises. And she was like, oh, you know, I'm not really into it. Not really, 
not really all about it. And then I come home one day, and um, I had taken my... She didn't have uh, cable or anything at her apartment, so I just took my DVD book over there. And I come home one day, and she's halfway through The Dark Knight. <laughs> and I said, did you watch... Did you watch Batman Begins? This is, they're right next to each other, because of course I organized my stuff. And she was like, yeah, I watched that, and I'm, I'm, I'm almost through this. I'm like, okay, what, what do you think? She's like, that Batman movie you want to go see, is that is that with these? Is that with, with this guy? I'm like, yeah. She's like, okay, yeah, we need to go see that at midnight when it comes out. <laughs> and I was like, okay, cool. And so the next time I came over, I literally came over with a stack of trade Batmans. And she read all the way through them. You know, this awesome, was man. not. This was a girl who was not a nerd. She still is not a nerd. <laughs> she is not into all, all that stuff, but she dug into it. And so, you know, so while I've been a Batman fan my whole life, you know, she came to it six to seven years ago. So there's again the t- tomorrow somebody's going to become a Batman fan. For yeah, the first time. don't don't ruin that for them. Don't badmouth it. Like I said, just give them yeah. a chance to to let their fandom find itself. Yeah. You know, they may or may not like it. Just just give them a chance to decide for themselves. Don't right. don't bash it right out the gate. So um I, I think in closing here, you know, one of the big things is we're we're kinda getting getting out of time is with the DCEU, you know, they're not perfect movies. They're not the greatest movies ever made, but there's a lot of great things in there. Yeah, a lot of things a lot of gems, uh in there and a lot of stuff that you can take away from those movies again. Uh, movies don't have to be cinematic masterpieces all the time. They're not always going to be Christopher Nolan's Dark Knight trilogy. And take the movie for what it is. And it, again, it, did it entertain you? Did you have fun when you watched right. it? That's the bottom line. It doesn't. Not everything is going to be Marvel's cinematic universe. Right. And take it for what it is. Know that they're different, and and just enjoy them. Right. And Simple as that. And you get to enjoy what you want to enjoy. Which is underwater Wakanda. <laughs> and fights to the death. When we disagree about things. Like who should be in charge. <sighs> so the next episode of the podcast will be either me or Marcus. As we're going to battle tonight for control. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> kidding. I haven't got the Black Panther helmet to do it. So. <laughs> With that, uh, we hope you guys enjoyed uh, t- uh, this week's podcast. Um, we got some more good stuff coming for you here pretty soon. We got some solo ventures coming from you soon. Um, until then, uh, make, uh, your choice, all things nerd. Absolutely. And again, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at all things nerd media. And on Twitter, we are at all things nerd too. Until next time, we're out. Wakanda forever.